and he throws beers everywhere. The glass breaking is pretty awesome, but I gotta say, as Ow. somebody who didn't watch as a kid, but watches now. Um, How do you do that? It's usually the other way around. I know, right? Well, you know, I'm in media. I think it's really cool what they do every week. And when I heard and saw the crowd reaction to, you think you know me, from The Edge at, um, oh, yeah. oh, what was that? At the Royal Rumble yeah. when he came out after a nine-year retirement. That was maybe the best like reaction to a song I've seen. Yeah, I see clearly. He it's he's got such a Creed vibe. Like it's from a Christian rock band, which is oh. even funny. Alter Bridge, man, check them out. No, that's the only song I know. There's this metal. I think it's called Metal Angus. Metal, I don't know. This show is brought to you by Loud and Opinionated. Man, we, I was almost going to say metalingus, and I was like, yeah, that sounds <laughs> provocative. God, we need sports, right? <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about oh, right oh, now. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. Otis, <laughs> money in the bank. As a chubby man, this is, a, this is a win for me. Oh, for the real sports time, this is the Loud Sports Podcast. I'm Paul Ribidoux with Jake Williams, who I guess yeah. knows what we're talking about WWE-wise. And Brandon Plecker, who sticks to real sports. No WWE for me. <laughs> Not even in these hard times. It's actually harder to watch now. But here's the deal. We'll get we'll get you to an event next time it's in Des Moines. And when you're there in the crowd, it's it's really fun. It's really cool. It's a lot of fun live. Thank God for the last dance, though. Just giving us stuff every Sunday. And I got to say, episode seven might have been the strongest episode out of the so eight emo- so far. So emotional. It was really emotional. It ends with, you know, Jordan, you know, spoiler, it ends with <laughs> Jordan being asked, I mean, do you feel you were too hard on teammates or something to that extent? And he just takes so long to figure out how to justify what he said and did. And he starts like breaking down and he had to cut it. You know, I saw that from Bleach Report, like he cut filming. During that question. Well, yeah, he was about to he was about to cry. Like he didn't, he didn't want to cry on camera, so he just leaned out of the, out two, of the picture. Two people did the okay. Two super masculine men did the closest thing to cry that they will ever do on that show on last camera, night. Yeah. One was Michael Jordan, and the other was um, Grover, Tim Grover. That's <clears throat> his name, right? The um, his trainer. Trainer. Yeah, oh yeah. When he was yeah. talking. About Michael's competitiveness. and th- That's the thing I got to say. Like, at some point, I was like, is everybody going to cry in this episode? Because I, I get it. Like, the emotional aspects to Jordan, it totally makes sense why he would cry. But, like, to his trainer? Why is his trainer crying? To, to his trainer, I really got it because it was almost like a respect of the gladiator-like passion of, you expect me to give you my best, like... You stop what you were doing to watch me do something that you think I'm the best at, and I need to give you my best. And Jordan did that more than anyone. And I think that's where Grover's coming from, that that's what he gets passionate about. Well, that, guy, well, that guy's been with Jordan more than anybody else ever, probably, you know? Yeah. Think about it. You know, this guy is as close to Michael Jordan as you can get. Definitely, you know? during his besides playing time. His, besides his wife. Yeah. Or, or something like that. Like, right. Or, you know, Charles Oakley for a few years. or This guy's with him every day, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Oh, every day, like when, oh, what was it? They lose to the Magic in 1995? 1995 playoffs, 95. yeah. And 
Grover says to him, okay, Jordan, um, let me know when you want to get together. Um, and, and Mike says, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, it's just, you just, he got to keep going every day. But let's get into it. Kind of, I tried to make this, again, as chronological as possible. So they open it up. We are now in the 98th season to the playoffs. Playoffs, final four episodes. And it starts with the opening round versus the Nets, where Michael says the Bulls would have to fall asleep to lose the game. Now, that's... That's some bulletin board material. It's bold. Yeah, that's it's a bold statement, Cotton. Uh, but I, I just don't see that being said in today's NBA. And we'll get into it a little later with some of the topics. But Cowherd had a good tweet that says, people get upset about tweets and what other guys say in interviews right now. And Michael was calling his teammates ho in practice. <laughs> so like it really was a different league a more mature league yeah, well and these guys today could not handle michael on a day-to-day basis well it's like what we've talked about on this show before when it's come to free agency and, and all the trades and everything these guys ha- are friends i don't think they look at each other as competitors now you know when the game starts that's a different scenario sure but michael was living breathing I don't, you are a opposition to me, so I don't like you. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, he would make people into that. Right. Whereas today, you're not seeing that so much. You're seeing each other maybe like subtweet each other or tweet at each other, but you don't see that as much. So I would definitely agree that's a different NBA than it is now with, with the competitive edge. Right. And so then after we go through the first round of the Nets, it goes back to July of 93 when his father has gone missing. And they found, I didn't know it was, I thought he was just, like, found murdered. I didn't know it was this big saga for weeks that they didn't know where he was. With his car and, yeah, this whole thing is just nuts. Yeah, it's really, really sad. Um, And it kind of makes you ask the question, after this happened, is that what pushed Mike to baseball? But it seemed like he had been moving away. Sounds like it was the final straw. Sounds like he had been thinking about it for a couple years. Right. But he wanted, he wanted, you know, his competitive nature. He wanted to beat Magic and Larry. He wanted to be better than those guys. After, yeah, so there was something. Year. After the three in a row, then, you yeah. know, it's time to conquer something Sound, else. Sounded like he was ready to go after the 92 year when he won two in a row. Which, but he wanted to beat Magic. You know, to me, that almost, that sounds like Kobe after retirement. Like, what is the next thing I can be the best at? And that's kind of, you know, they were, they were so similar. Yeah. Um, and that's really interesting. And then... His retirement presser, which I think, is there a 30 for 30 on this? <laughs> or I know there's one called, like, Mike Rides the Bus or Jordan Rides the Bus or something. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Because I, I just don't watch the ones about baseball except Bo. I th- I, yeah, I think it the was Red Sox. Uh, with, with this tying with his um, his dad's murder and everything. I, I, it's such a weird, because there was a lot of speculation when his dad was murdered about it being related to his gambling. Isn't that ridiculous? Which, yeah, that's, the guy is not even... He, the, the body's still warm. It's really and, sad. And like, people are ma- saying these things. Think about what Twitter would have been like now. I mean, like, if that's if that's what they did right. then. And, and if you're going to speculate on someone's death, you got, like, you got to give it, like, more than what... The, like, a year or something. I don't know. Like, you shouldn't speculate about people's deaths anyway. But I, I understand the circumstances of this because it was such a bizarre random murder violent just, violent murder. yeah just random just nothing could have been i mean it sounds bad but this is like a situation where nothing could have 
made this avoidable because right. it's just one of those just pop random things. Like it's not because wrong he place, was. Wrong time. It's not even because yeah. he was Michael's dad. No, but I I, I think like honestly, I was. I'm still surprised that he did go into baseball because if I'm Jordan, I would just take a break. I granted now that's not his style because as we said, he wants to conquer something else. He wants to, it's, it's like his, that's his vice. You know, we joke about, you know, there's a speculation that gambling was his vice, but I think his real vice was sports and he had to be competitive. And it's like he said, competition in the last episode, he doesn't have a gambling problem. He has a competition problem. And, yeah, I, I just those things that happening and in the press conference, that's just crazy. Um, I'm actually, you know, excited me the most about these groups episodes. What's we'll that? Get, we'll get there. We'll get there. But he talks about Space Jam. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm literally <laughs> tweeting about this right now because I just had the thought, and I'm gonna ask you guys this when we get there. I have a okay. tweet about it. All right, I'll get to it. But so, yeah, we, that retirement presser, that was a whole drawn out saga yeah and it wasn't even announced you know what his plans were and then you know he goes to the baseball facilities which you know it's it's kind of interesting that he just kind of floated right in through the door into another room of jerry reinsdorf's corporations i mean if you really think about it he had the same boss the whole time he really Mm -hmm. did so i mean as an as i mean if i'm the braves Am I like, well, this is unfair. This guy like wasn't draftable or anything. He just like signs with this organization. I mean, is it fair that he can just walk on to this specific team and not go through the normal process of well, a rookie? He doesn't need to be drafted. There's a lot of undrafted people that get signed. I mean, I don't think it's probably that yeah. egregious. But Especially you, for a guy who's, what, 30, 33 years old. You know how old he yeah. was at the time. 31, 32 years old. 30, yeah, he Did he get his first one at? I thought he got his first title at thirty. Nine years, nine years later. I think he, I think he was. Yeah, he's about thirty, thirty-one, something around there. So this is he's thirty-two, thirty-three, yeah. and six foot six as a baseball not a prospect. Base, not a baseball. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not a guy you would think is going to. Outside of pitchers, baseball. who is that tall besides Judge? Some first baseman, yeah, yeah, like like nobody's that tall. That's not a baseball. Yeah, you're six six. You're playing basketball. So he chose forty five. Tight end in the NFL, or right? Something. When you're not good enough to play basketball, right? Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, and when you get a little bigger, <laughs> yeah, you'd have to put on some weight than basketball. But. Um, but he chose he chooses forty five, which was his high school basketball number. He says that's my first number. Um, and you think that's maybe in part because he says that had when he comes back to basketball, he says that he chose 45 because his dad saw his last game as 23. Mm. So he was kind of rolling with that for a while. Why didn't he just do 46? Because double, 45 double is it the up. number. That's why double it up. It's the second coming. That's double why he up. was 23 because it's half, and that's why he was nine at the Olympics because it's both the numbers together. Oh, well. Like he has this, you know, 23 just, and a half. just like every question he's asked, he has this simple very factual explanation, even down to the numbers that he chose um, about everything. And you're like, oh, okay, Mike, that makes sense. I think the thing that you're talking about with players getting upset that he immediately signs on the team, you have to understand that this is still a business. And you see it sometimes with other crossover athletes. You saw it with Greg Hardy, who... We'll talk about him later. Who I... Yeah. 
the human garbage Greg Hardy got a job in the MMA because he's a name. CM Punk got a job with the UFC because he had a name. Like, that's just where it is. That's, and it's not like, I don't know, it's Michael Jordan. You're not going to not yeah. put that, sign that guy. So the name Michael Jordan made it so, you know, why he was double A immediately is because they didn't have the facilities or the room at the single A um, affiliate. So he had to go to the double A because of the people that were going to go to the games and all the press coverage. And, and they still said that he sold out every park that they went to How many nationwide. times does that happen? How m- You'd never see it with a minor league team. No, what you see from a minor league team pretty normally, like we see in Des Moines, like it'll, you'll, it'll pop up scattered. on Facebook or on local talk radio that, hey, um, this cubby is rehabbing. At the Iowa Cubs, if you want to see him, he'll be playing Friday and Sunday, and then he's going back up to the majors. So that's what kind of is the regular draw for any minor league sport, yeah. not right. even just baseball. Well, you see, it, yeah, you see it with uh, where we are, Iowa Wild. They do like White Claw, or is it the Wolves? Was it the Wolves or the Wild? I can't. Remember. I think it's just Wells Fargo. Yeah, they do, the, <laughs> but they did like a White Claw promotion of like yeah, they hopped Friday. on that. So they, there's right. always doing gimmicks to get your attention. Oh, they could they can't get enough they they can't save their life to get people to the Wolves games and it's a travesty in this town that we cannot get, you know, half of the bottom bowl of Wells Fargo filled up for Iowa Wolves games. I, these are NBA players. This, sweeping uh, declaration on this podcast. Wigington, Naz Reed, these are there was a Harrison player. I don't I mean and I don't know the roster because I haven't been to a game in like two years. But <laughs> The, I, I we got to go to some wolves games. That's what I'm saying. Sweeping declaration. When once once America and the world can recover from COVID nineteen, I'm going to go to more minor league sporting events and support more local sports like we that. We just bought season tickets to the Wild. Oh, for cool. This year, cool. So we've been going to quite a few. The Wild's fun. Yeah, I love fun. and I love hockey games. And it, it's I've very, never been to a hockey game until last I've year. I've never been to a. It's very like hyping, you know, and yeah. and so I've we never can, been a, to a professional basketball. We game. can, you know, I mean, almost realistically, we're totally on a tangent here, but yeah, we that's what these episodes have been without sports. with the crowd <laughs> that we can put in Wells Fargo in Des Moines for Wild games. We can't get a quarter of that for the basketball games. It's uh, I I might make this my Hockey's hill. He's bigger here, man. Yeah, you know, we've had, I would say semi-pro hockey is bigger here. Yeah. People liked going to Bucks games for, what, 20, 30 years. You'd be surprised when I, you know, Nebraska with the Lincoln Stars and the Omaha Lancers, they get a lot of decent numbers for what they are with there, the USHL. There is a semi-passionate league of these, you know, upper Midwestern cities where they're playing, you know, Green Bay, and but then Sioux City and Cedar Rapids and you know, there's a few in Iowa and outside, and that's why you know people care. And Brandon, you're saying you you like going and you're going to more. That's the worst thing is I have act. You and so I we have- just need Michael Jordan <laughs> <laughs> to fill it up. There you go. Somebody brought yeah. it back. Remember when we were freaking out about the the uh, the prospect of Steph Curry being here? And yeah. Like, oh, we're not going now. Yeah. Exactly. Now think of that with Michael Jordan. Every yeah, every game. So speaking of Steph Curry, he, you know he just won what three titles in four years. What if he just up and retired? Just like Michael He just did? retired okay. after that, you know? That's kind of the the recent equivalent of this. Mm-hmm. Or, Never. I mean, not even Tom Brady because Tom Brady's at retirement age. But Steph Curry, like, I'm 30, got my rings, I LeBron conquered. Instead of LeBron, instead of going back to Cleveland, retires just after Miami. Yeah. Whoa, that would that's hot. 
that's the same, fire. That's, that's the but same, that would be the yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah the right. exactly the same. Even a little bit earlier than Michael. Right. LeBron has just had expectations that Michael never did. You know. Yeah. He, oh, gotta go back that's, to Cleveland. That's the different era. Can't you know? wait for Cle- Cleveland Part Two, <laughs> where uh, no, there LeBron... will definitely be a Cleveland Thirty for Thirty. Yeah, I, I guarantee. Oh, if yeah. they don't seriously, if they don't title it Cleveland Colon The King Comes Home or Cleveland Two, The Return of the King, you're slipping. You're slipping. ESPN. Well, uh, The Return of the King is a book about this, written by um, Windhorse. Windhorse. I mean, think. Of, okay, use seriously. Use it as your primary source. Uh, the nerdy. You follow LeBron for what? Ten years. Yeah, you bring him in. We got to get back to Jordan, but I, I will say this: the nerdiest NBA national coverage dude that is only a national coverage dude because he was an Akron guy when LeBron was in high school. Windhorst has no credibility outside of LeBron's rising career and his first stint in Cleveland. And the guy is such an inner nerd. He wrote a book of LeBron coming home called The Return of the King, taking it straight from Tolkien. (laughs) It's unbelievable. That's why, like, Stephen A. and, like, other guys, they have no respect for him in, yeah. in, like, a debate setting. Yeah. Okay. Jordan in semi-pro baseball. See how far we diverted away from that because we don't want to talk about it? We, you know, we brought it back, though. I, I always just assumed he was really, he was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but they, they talked about he started with a 13-game hitting streak. And then besides that... Kind of went downhill. Yeah, for a while, but then he he figured out how to beat the second pitches that were coming to him, and like with everything he's ever done, he just put in the work and got better. He said he was bleeding with blisters after so much time in the cage. Yeah, um, they said he'd hit five different times throughout a day, including the game. Right. I mean that's that's a long lot of time. Right. But while he's a in lot. a slump, we have the the newspaper title <laughs> Error Jordan, which I just I could not get over the simple great, great the title. simple beauty of Error Jordan. Ugh. You, Gor- love, you love to see it. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Hang it in the Louvre. Hang it in the Louvre. Hang it in the Louvre. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we have the Sports Illustrated cover article which Tebow didn't quite get this flack, I don't think. <laughs> but it said that he was embarrassing baseball by doing this and just hopping on and having his entourage follow him everywhere, you know, from the media to security to all the people that show up at hotels. So I think that really stuck with him because, um, I mean, according to The Last Dance, he has not interacted with Sports Illustrated since this. Well, according to him, it didn't sound like. He's still they not talk, over it. But it sounded like they didn't even talk to him when they wrote the article. They just wrote it. Right. He made it clear. Well, I mean, I don't think it was even really presented as an interview with Michael. It was kind of just... Well, I mean, I It was a semi-opinion piece. But this guy just blasting somebody just because you... Because he's not I mean, hitting well, I, like what? What are you doing? I guess you could, uh, you know, say you want to reach out to him for comment. Yeah, you're but, not even gonna add, You're not even gonna talk to the guy, yeah. like. <laughs> No. You're going to write a front-page article and I, not even talk to the guy? I don't know. Well, I mean, what's a bigger draw than Michael Jordan to this day? You know, clicks. Right. It's so, al- it's always been about hot It buys. Clicks. It yeah, buys. Yeah. yeah, that's very hot for Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated is the even-keeled, you know, except for when they pulled the April Fool's Day prank about a fake pitcher from Norway who could throw a 140. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that really surprised me. I didn't know about that article and what came from it. But what was also surprising is Terry Francona, 
um, dip or seeds or gum or whatever in his mouth as always, uh, says that with 1,500 at-bats, Jordan could have made the majors. And he was surprised at how quickly his batting average was being raised towards the end of the season. And then, you know, the lockout happens and ruins all of that. And it really made me believe there is no conspiracy. Because David Stern what? was back in this episode. No, no way. Come on. Yeah, this was it for me. David Stern said, there was, I mean, that's unbelievable. Like, And it's nice to see him um, from the grave. And it really sealed the, the door on, yeah, you know, he, he was fully invested in baseball. What, what Grover said. He was he was changing yeah, his body. People, he was like, changing his body for baseball, but then the lockout happened, and I love that. And then it just goes to Jordan's basically like unemployed and bored, and hits up BJ Armstrong for lunch. And BJ's like, "Yeah, okay, well, like well, I practice soon," <laughs> and he's like, "All right, all right, cool, cool. Like just we'll do it quick. We'll do it quick around the corner." And they're talking. BJ's like, "All right, I gotta go to practice. Why don't you?" Uh, why don't you come? come why don't you come guys. shoot? Yeah, why don't you come shoot? The guys would like to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Turns into him coming back. Turns into A he's been there like three out of five days that week. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And so they Wait a talked Isn't about that uh, tampering. No, no. Technically, <laughs> he's the Bulls. He's still under rights. Yeah. It was like a Gronk thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Where, exactly like Gronk. Yeah, so I think it. this might be a rule across most major sports that if you're under contract when you retire, your rights are still owned to the length of the contract. You're just not paid. Contract is voided unless you so return. So if you come back, you can't. Okay. If you return under when your contract was still going. Or if you want to do it. Gronk, like Marshawn yeah. Lynch, because his contract With was over, he right. was able to go to Oakland instead of... Back to Seattle, where he right. Which apparently now he wants to come back to Seattle again. Yeah, <laughs> for two games. Well, he came back for two games, and now he wants to come, yeah, and and come back again. Hey, more Skittles, more Skittles. I love it. I love Marshawn. Uh, I can't wait for the the thirty for thirty on Marshawn Lynch because he's oh, such a a character, an amazing character on on the on the all NFL starting lineup of amazing characters. He's one of the two running backs. I mean, I don't even care who else. Most, um, real quick, who has the most disrespectful celebration of all time? It has to be oh, it, him it's, grabbing his crotch. It's him <laughs> on the beast quake, turning around and just crotch grabbing. Yeah, showing it, <laughs> showing it. That's great. Um, no, I'm sorry, I I firmly disagree. I just remembered that Randy Moss. I was, was going to say Randy Moss oh, blinded my eyes at Lambo. Yeah, Randy Moss, <laughs> absolutely He's up disgusting. There. Disgusting. I oh. clutching his pearls. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Back to Jordan. <laughs> Uh, the 1993-94 season, while he's playing baseball and you know waiting this out, uh, they talked about that season where Scotty really flourished and was third in MVP voting. And the guys, this is when Steve Kerr joined the team, um, and he talked about how Scotty was a, a leader through like quiet support, more than Mike, like almost the opposite of Michael, um, to the point where Scotty's kind of a baby. But we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but that season was really interesting because it was Kukoc's rookie season, finally on the team. And he was, you know, playing pretty well for a rookie. And they get to a game. This was in the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs, they're down, they're tied. And Phil draws up a play for Kukoc that they'd hit before. And Scotty, like, just sits on the bench and isn't going back in. And Steve Kerr. Tells Phil, 
hey, Scotty's not going in. And Phil goes and talks to Scotty and comes back and is like, whatever, we'll just do it. Runs it for Kukoc, hits the shot, drains it, killer, ice in his veins three to win. And, I mean, that's that has got to be, like, the most tension in a winning locker room ever. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you, like, almost can't even be happy. That you just right. Won. If you're if you're happy, you wanna... you're picking a side, and your leader's yeah. not happy. And you, but but you love this guy, like, right? He's a great leader. It's not even year. like you hate him or anything, like to where you're actually he was a favorite. To show him up, yeah. And and then they talked. About, I think Bill Bill Weddington, that the the big black center that gets up at one of the older guys on the Cartwright. team, a uh, Cartwright. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and makes a speech crying. About Scotty, I can't believe how you just I just you just let us down. You weren't there for your for your guys when we needed you and just like <laughs> completely lays it on him. And then Scotty in his today interview says That was one of the, maybe one of the worst decisions I've ever made, but you know, looking back on everything, I probably wouldn't change how it happened. <laughs> and you're like really? wait, wait, really? excuse me, can we run that back? It was unbelievable. Wouldn't have changed any of how he was like, yeah, you know, I kind of handled it wrong, but uh, I, I, I'd, uh, I'd do it again. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. Excuse me. It isn't one of those like moments because it's like set up in the story to be like, this is a perfect time to say, you know, if if he's gonna go with the thing where I wouldn't have done it differently, then he could have started with like, then we wouldn't have done, you know, this wouldn't have happened to this thing or this. He's just like, no, I wouldn't. Have, I would have done it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And then you know, later that series we have. In my opinion, one of the top ten dunks of all time in NBA in-game NBA history. Like, oh, oh, how do I want to classify this? Top ten contact dunks, top ten posters. Just disgrace. Because you know, windmills, like fast breaks, it's a right. different category. Different. Blake Griffin esque. Yeah, you know, <laughs> over over who was it? Mozgov. No, this is this this puts DeAndre Jordan over Brandon Knight to shame. Yes, because you have a six foot seven forward putting it on Patrick Ewing like to the point where have have uh, th- this the Knicks haven't had a season like this since <laughs> one year they had one good year with Carmelo I mean this was the year they made the finals so they haven't even been close to that yeah. since but for my, and as I say for my lifetime for our lifetimes the Knicks have never been good because it's almost it's a dunk that had that one season like it's one of those 80s 90s dunks that almost started a fight because of the disrespect, <laughs> and Ewing's trying to shove Pippen off him as he's walking over the guy, oh, and geez. it's like, oh my god, it's unbelievable. I love that they put that in there. Um, That's probably one of the best things about basketball is when someone gets posterized, and then the guy just walks over the them. real. Po- oh, it's like yeah. it's not enough that you just disrespect him, like just. Dominated me on the court, and then you just have the disrespect to watch. The most right. disrespectful of all time is Shaq over is I'll just say, Sean the, Bradley, the guy who yeah. threw the ball at Shaq. Right? Yeah, because yeah. Shaq dunks on the guy so high, like his knees are in his armpits, and as he's coming down <laughs> in one motion swing and like shoves the guy, and and he falls the down. The ball he falls out. down like behind the baseline, just grabs the ball and chucks it at Shaq. <laughs> it's. It, and it's just like this Pippin dunk. There, there. It was a different era, but it's it's great to go back I mean, and see yeah, those highlights. It just seems like this this era. This is before the malice in the palace. Yeah. Malice changed everything. This is this is the there's the savagery of the of nineties NBA. It was a man's fantastic. league, and it wasn't such um, a movable. You know, players didn't move teams as much 
it was if you made it there, this team is probably going to commit to you for six to twelve years, depending on how good you are for how long. There's there's not a lot of movement on the mm-hmm. mid tier level guys, you know. So you you really have these built rivalries. These cities and players that do not get along. Oh yeah, when they play that other team four times in a year, and those four games really matter. And then you get to playoffs year after year, playing the same guys on the same teams. It it was it was different. It was very different. I, I you know I think we should go back to I I love it when sports. Yeah, get rid of free agency. Chain them up. Oh no, whoa, problematic. No, I'd say we need to get Re- back. reverse that quick. No, we need to get back to the '90s mentality of the very physical man's league kind of thing that you said it won't be as it it won't happen because it's a league of potential prospects and athleticism now you could be playing with that guy next year you know you know maybe even the same season things like that it's not even that it's it's not appealing to watch it's not fun to watch no one wants to watch no you're right we're watching highlights and drama and caring about half the off-court stuff and on-court stuff when those games were (laughs) <laughs> 81 80, to 87 right. right they want games in the triple digits they want yeah, yeah. that's the appeal of that's why they yeah. it, it is the way that's why that the nba is, is skyrocketing into being the most popular non-soccer league worldwide i'm just saying more trash talk i want more trash talk yeah well i mean there's plenty there's of trash, trash talk. Talk. Yeah, yeah, a lot different mic them up like the xfl i want to hear it <laughs> so this kind of ended episode one was with the 94 season them getting kicked, Jordan crying at the end of the episode, um, and they talk about Scott Burrell, which we can kind of... Mm. Right at the beginning of eight, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, I, I so. kind of want... We, we'll talk they about get, that now. I wanted to save it for confusing. like... We'll save that for when we talk about Steve Kerr, too. <laughs> but then they jump... I think that that was the beginning of eight. Right, so, eight. so then with eight, they jump into round two, which is still a five-game round. Um, of the 98 playoffs against Charlotte, who now has B.J. Armstrong. And B.J. actually was really playing really well. And if you watch the highlights, you see exactly what he's doing. Um, And he says, I was with them for years. I knew the system defensively. I knew what to do. And within three highlights, I knew what he was doing and what the defense was doing because he was a ball handler penetrating and then going around a screen knowing that the post will stay in the post after like one jab step. So he just comes around a screen and hits a 10 foot jumper and he did it to him four or five Every times. Time, yeah, yeah. You just saw him killing, killing, killing because even when Jordan was on him, you know, you just got somebody with Larry Johnson or whoever else is on Charlotte that year. Just put your knee out a little bit. You just slow a guy up a little bit and he, there's nobody in front of him because if he doesn't drive, he just has five feet of space and he kept hitting that shot right. and he was getting hyped. He's getting really hyped watching that, and that's something you don't want to do. It feels like half of episode eight was talking about times that Jordan made up being mad at someone on another team for something. It was incredible. <laughs> so uh, Michael said, BJ should have known better than high five trash talk, and now I have to kill you, and that's what I did. And he just comes out and just destroys them, and they <laughs> use that to bring it back to earlier in his career – with Le- six season, right? Um, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. With LeBradford Smith, yeah. um, who was a guy that he had thirty six against the Bulls, who they were playing a home and home back to back against the Wizards, and so he puts as a rookie puts thirty six on the Bulls, 
and allegedly puts his arm around Mike and says, nice game, Mike, which doesn't seem like a real rookie <laughs> move to start with. And the next game, Jordan has 37 in the first half, or 36 in the first half of the next game. He had one point less than Smith's total the previous game in the first half. And then Mike made it up. <laughs> it didn't even happen. Yeah. And that makes me think of a real story that I've heard on the Dan Patrick show from Reggie Miller, the Black Jesus story. <laughs> which what? Oh, where Reggie Miller was a rookie coming into, and I think he's a big part of episode nine. I think we're really going to get a lot well, of... We're talking Indiana's the 98 Yeah, playoffs, we're going to get some right? real Reggie Miller love because that was a fight in that series. So... Reggie was a rookie playing in an exhibition game in like September against the Bulls in a college arena or somewhere. It was a it's like summer league. It, it, no, it, they they play like two weeks worth of exhibition games. Like oh yeah, like it's I went like to a, it's like a preseason. Type I went thing? to a, a Timberwolves Bucks game at Hilton yeah, two years ago. Oh, to yeah, where they yeah. try to spread the love pre-season. and it's just like a stretch your legs. Yeah, kind yeah, of preseason. It's a preseason. Yeah, just like you know, um, four weeks and. And the, I, I'm not going to get the numbers right, but it was something like Reggie was having a decent half and Michael was just going through the motions, you know, because it's the 90s and it's exhibition. He doesn't care. And at halftime, um, Reggie Miller had 12 points and Mike had four points. And Reggie says, oh, man, there might be a new sheriff in town around here. And he just, he said that and he was trash talking Mike and Mike looked at him like like did you did you just speak to me <laughs> without my permission you will speak when spoken to and at the end of the game Mike had over 30 <laughs> and Reg had 15 it was like the opposite like Reg had one second half bucket yeah and Jordan went off and at the end of the game Jordan went up to him and said don't you ever talk to black Jesus like that <laughs> And so now we're going to see more into their relationship where they really fought. You know, it's in division. It's the 90s, two really good teams. And I'm really excited for that. And to see the interviews with Reggie, who initially declined to be a part of this. He says, why would I want to relive, like, one of the worst two-week periods of my life? Jeez. And they and he got pushed and pushed and people reached out to him and he finally did it. So talk to Black Jesus? Like oh, yeah, the Black Jesus story is hilarious. <laughs> All right, so then we get to Jordan back on the team. 95 play or just before the 95 playoffs, he joins the team for real with the facts that just says I'm back. And it was very reminiscent of LeBron's I'm coming home. Yeah. Just the statement to where you know what else is behind these words. Yeah, very simple. Nothing else needs to be said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're Michael Jordan. What I'm, else do you need to say? I'm back. I loved the video from a game where Scotty's pointing at the jump man on his shoe and going, come here, come here, and like wagging his finger. Yeah, that see, was really every funny. time I saw that in the previous episodes when they'd show that same clip and I didn't know what it was exactly about, I thought that he was trying to, trying to. it was a money symbol. He was like, here's my, here's my Jordan, give me the money. Yeah, where's you know, my that's paycheck? Why, that's, why I thought <laughs> it was, that's why I thought it was. Well, that's kind of like the last four years of Scotty's career with the Bulls is basically like every other sentence was shut up, Jerry, and where's my yeah. paycheck? <laughs> where's my terrible deal? Yeah. $21 million yeah. deal over seven years. Yeah. And so apparently in this playoffs, they lose to the Magic, which once again they lose to the eventual Eastern Conference champion, who again loses to Houston. Uh, but they said it was obvious that 
they didn't have a rebounder in a post real defender without Horace Grant. It was their first season without Grant, correct? Right, without and he was on the Magic. Yeah. And so, you know, once again, they're playing against somebody who knows their system and just kind of runs through them. And you got young Shaq and Penny, and that was such a cool team. There's a 30 for 30 on that. Go watch it. Really good. Yeah, it's really good. And they I had, was trying to think of the name of it. I think it's like something. It's a pun on magic. Mm-hmm. Bother me. This Sorry, magic I, moment. It's called this, this magic, magic moment. Yeah, I didn't want to derail you. This and I did, magic so. moment. Yeah, it's really I good. I ruined everything. I'm sorry. Um, and so this is Michael's first basketball without his dad, and he's wearing 45. And in this series, Nick Anderson says, hey, 45 ain't 23. Strips the ball from him. Yeah, he says 45 ain't 23. Yikes. And, I, and that's apparently what fueled Michael all that offseason, which is wild. So they lose to the Magic. Why don't people learn? Don't these people? Don't these players talk to each other and be yeah. like, "Hey, don't say that to Michael." They lose to the Magic <laughs> as he's in talks for the future production of Space Jam, and he is saying, "Hey, you know, I I really can't commit to that much time out there with what I need to do to get in the shape I want to be in for my first full season of basketball." And they're like, "Oh, no problem." Well, especially because you could kind of see right before that during the playoffs where Jordan felt like he. Could, he wasn't. He was unhappy with his performance in the right. fact where he thought he was disappointing fans because he wasn't at well, the I level mean, he he thought he should be at. Let's be honest. We all played high school sports. We all know what baseball shape is. Yeah. And what that means. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for me, uh, in cross country season, there were two guys on our varsity that I knew. You know, coming into the season late in the summer, they were going to sweat a little more to get into running shape from baseball. Well, yeah, shape. basketball is. The most, the best shape you have to be in, right. because Grover said it's so much arms and shoulders compared to what you're doing in baseball. Well, you know, baseball and football, it's very quick, quick bursts, short plays to where yeah. to where base basketball is up and down and up. It's like you know, it's not as bad as soccer, but it's similar, more similar to soccer. Right. It, yeah, a level of um, conditioning meets physical. Yeah. Yeah, um, and he really worked to get back to that, and I loved seeing the inside of the Jordan Dome. And so here's my question, gentlemen. If you could see the videos of one of these scrimmages, would you rather watch the Dream Team or the Jordan Dome? <laughs> um, because Jordan, Jordan, because there's no refs. There's no no, and it's and they're yeah, all yelling. Yeah. And there's Reggie Miller was there as a guy just out of UCLA and Ewing, and I saw Rodman and um. Sean Bradley, I mean, those are just faces we saw in like the one five-second clip, and they're playing shirt skins. I think uh, Sean Kemp might have been there too. Uh, I mean, probably because I think he's – no, I don't think – I don't know. Um, but it was just everybody from L.A., you know, was there, and I, it just became like the – if you want to get better and you want to be at your best, this is what you do this summer. And it reminded me of the season where Michael was rehabbing his broken leg and he ended up playing pickup with guys before he was supposed to. Um, I think I'd want to see the Jordan Dome games. I think that would be really cool to watch of just them running up and down shirts first skins of some of the greatest players of all time. And then you see him But dribbling. is that before or after the Looney Tunes show up? Because if the Looney Tunes aren't involved in this, I don't know. Well, I mean, it. it looked like they had not yet taken Patrick's power. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Before or after they uh, 
Drank Michael's secret stuff. Yeah, no, they took <laughs> Patrick's power. I think it, it might have been after the 98 season. No, 90. Oh, geez, they didn't even play the Bulls that year. Before that, <laughs> he lost his power before 98. Because <laughs> he retired in 2000. Um, yeah, oh, there was Shaq and Horace Grant were a few other guys that were there as well. And that's just really cool. And then you see him dribbling surrounded by people in green suits, like yeah, morph for suits, the, yeah, for, for the, the filming and everything. Yeah, that's got it. You know, I will say this. Michael Jordan is not an actor. And, you know, he wasn't... His performance wasn't that great, but he's an, he's an athlete, right? I think... Oh, I There's, mean, hey... Has, hey, there has to be dude, some level of acting there. Four-year-old me will tell you he was outstanding. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was like my favorite we're, movie. We are children of that age. But you have to... I gotta give him some credit, because it's, it's gotta be real hard to keep a straight face playing a basketball game against guys in green suits, green, like, morph suit-looking things, and then and remember, oh, yeah, I'm playing against uh, these giant and cartoon monsters. The only other human that is in this with is you is Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, Newman from Seinfeld's in it. Remember, he gets flattened. Oh, yeah, Newman, Newman's outstanding. But, like, on the basketball court, it's a bunch of these, both teams. It's like, how do you, how do you remember... Which green morph suit is a monster and which is Taz, you know? Well, Who do you know they, who's on your they, team? Oh, they can't really no, wear they can't. It's the green. Uh, that's a good that's a good point. So he probably just like passed to people going up the court and they're like, All right, that's a shot. And then they would put in the right <laughs> That's Daffy Duck. Yeah, th- then they would put in the right person. Yeah. Interesting. This is gonna make me like go back and <laughs> It's on critique, Netflix. Critique it. Uh, uh, Space Jam's on Netflix. Oh, I cool. I, I mean, I own it. But I it yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have it on Blu-ray, too. I didn't, just didn't think we would all own it. I, uh, I, sir. <laughs> sir. Next time you will estimate You want to have fun, watch Space Jam, because you get the childhood nostalgia, and then incorporate alcohol and have a drinking game, you'll have the mo- most fun of your life. You really want to feel the fun 90s nostalgia with some alcohol. Netflix has a new animation shot-for-shot remake of the original Pokemon movie. Oh yeah, of Mew never watched Mewtwo. Pokemon. That would no, dude. That that was another one of my favorite movies. Did you watch Pokemon, one? Brandon? No, so, yeah, you're you're by yourself. I Paul. mean, you got to catch them all. <laughs> Sorry, uh, yeah. I want to be the very best that no one ever saw. We might as well just <laughs> move on because there's no topping that. <sighs> okay, well, they finally get into the 95-96 season. Changed my mind. We can't keep talking about Space Jam. What is your opinion on the LeBron sequel that's coming? It will not grab our hearts and minds, and it will not be held as good you know, in history. It will not be viewed in posterity. Like I just hate the fact they got LeBron to do it because it just adds to the whole... Who had the better Space Jam? Who had the better, you know, who has more rings? Who has the better Space Jam? Like, you can't just, you yeah. gotta let LeBron be his own thing. Like, if it would have been Kobe, maybe I'd be more excited for it. Interesting, interesting thought. Or change, my idea, my pitch, change the sport and pick, like, Cam Newton. Oh, I love this. Do a Looney Tunes, the Space Jam franchise of different sports. Yes, and go like do. Air Bud. Oh, yes. Yeah. But Genius. you could do NFL and do somebody like Cam. We gotta, like we gotta that. pitch this to somebody. Colmar Cuban. Warner Brothers. <laughs> Listen to us. I don't think you've started filming yet. But who would be good for a football movie? For I mean, obviously Peyton would be I in say, it in I some keep, capacity saying, because he's gold in front of a camera. I, I keep saying Cam because I think Cam has the most like 
I don't know about his acting jobs, obviously, but he's definitely got some charisma. Cam needs to find a real job before he can think Paul, about a second job. Paul, that's the thing. He doesn't have a job in the NFL, and he gets a job back in the NFL by teaming up with the Looney Tunes, dude. Save it for the it, NFL talk. It writes itself, Warner Brothers. <laughs> he's trying to find a, find a job, so he joins these guys. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's the premise. Pull the whole in. Yeah, the whole thing with Space Jam. I'm is, getting too old for this. <laughs> This, the through line of Space Jam is it is taking an athlete that's retired and getting him back in the game mm. by cartoons. We'll see. Uh, you know, they did kind of do that. <laughs> so we have the 1998 season where they're talking about Scott Burrell. And I went, nice guy. And I went, who? And then they go back to the 96 season, and between the two of those, they, there's a lot of instances of Jordan setting new teammates straight. And I was really interested in the Scott Burrell stuff because you see him calling him, a, you see Michael calling him a hoe in practice <laughs> and getting on him and pushing him. And it comes from Jordan, you know, saying in his interview, I knew there would come one game where we needed him and we needed him and I needed him to be ready for that moment. And that's where it comes from. I spent two months trying to get that guy to fight me. Like, just, just stand up and be like, hey, man, I'm tired of you. Like, isn't that what he said, Brandon? Something was, like that, yeah. yeah so, uh, and the way that Jordan says it was just like, is like, I can't even find anything bad to say about this guy. He was too nice. Yeah. He goes, Scott Burrell, Scott Burrell's such a nice guy. And it was just like, I couldn't pull the fire out of him. But apparently he performed when needed. And I well, think they, we're yeah, going to. said one game he had 23. Right. One of the playoff games. We're going to, yeah, I think against the Nets. Yeah. I think so. so we're going to, I think we might see a little more of him later on. But then pull it back to, well, I'm sorry. The other part of Scott Burrell that was interesting to me was that then you see them in suits pre or post game with one of Scott's UConn teammates now in a wheelchair, that Jordan just goes up to, hey, man, how you doing? Oh, you know this guy? Sign stuff for him, talks to him. And you're like, wow, like if you if you did what Jordan asked of you and expected you to do, like if you put in 100% and he sees you put in 100%, then he's 100% cool with you. And because he told Horace Grant he couldn't eat after a loss one time. And he's over here taking pictures with Scott Burrell's friend. Why is what's the difference, you know? Because he didn't get Scott Burrell out of his shell. So that was interesting that he couldn't find anything bad to say about the guy, and you see him doing good things with him. So outside of that, we have them getting into the 96 playoffs, and uh, oh no, well, the Jordan and Kerr fight, which a long time was rumored and not confirmed, and now is definitely confirmed. Because he had a black eye, which I don't know how you really miss or hide. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. A lot of makeup. But it was interesting that Jordan left practice and like immediately knew that he had kind of crossed a line because it was seriously like Jordan's pushing him, pushing him, pushing him, and gives a hard foul and says, "No, that's a foul." To well, Phil, yeah, he was more he was more mad at Phil than yeah. he was at Steve. Yeah, and Steve shoves him in the chest and Jordan clocks him in the face. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so Jordan called the Bulls administration, said, I want Steve's number, called him, apologized. And I think, you know, Kerr's responsive. I understand, like, why and how it happened. And I know that you're still going to, like, be my teammate to the best of your ability. Yeah. And and it was like a uh, thanks for calling, no biggie kind of yeah. thing, which I think helps their relationship down the line where we will next week see Kerr hit a pretty big shot. Mm-hmm. 
the who next John Paxton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who who would have known, you know? He'd yeah, if only pun- Paxton he, could coach. He, pu- he would punch, uh, you know, legendary coach Steve Kerr. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, yeah, legendary coach. But hey, man. He said, got, he, what, three rings now? Four he rings? He said it brought him together. Uh, as a coach? Three. Four. Three? Yeah, three. Does he have one as an executive? No, I think he was with no, Phoenix. No, he was with Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> Phoenix. They never won. <laughs> nah. They haven't been in the final since Barkley. But, uh, you know, this was cool that they showed this because this happens all the time in sports. He said, he, quote, I just beat up the littlest guy on the court, <laughs> is what he thought to teammates, himself. Teammates fight in practice. That's that's very common. You know, that's just the way it is. Because practice sucks. Practice is the least fun part about sports. The fun part about sports practice. is playing the game. We're talking about practice? Yeah. Didn't they say that was like, they had a big thing about that, about that being like 20 years or something. Not, maybe not 20, but close to that. They had an anniversary tweet about that. But it was it was cool to see that and the fact that they were just like, yeah, it happens. You punched me. All right. It's fine. Yeah. What are you going to do? No, screw you, Michael. <laughs> My so they, teammate. So they dominate the regular season, get back to the Eastern Conference Finals, and sweep the Magic. Yeah, they kind of. It's, it's crazy how they glossed over the seventy-two win. You know. Yeah, yeah they, they were kind of like, "Hey, we're, we're like kind of five-minute thing." Kind of running out of time here. <laughs> yeah, like greatest. We need to get these episodes time. done, man. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, "Yeah, so the Lakers had sixty-nine wins. Nobody had ever hit seventy, and they got seventy, and then they got seventy-two, and then in the playoffs they swept the Magic, and then in the final, yeah, yeah, they like kind of went right through it. It was an auctioneer. <laughs> they did get through it, and so then we have. Um, the finals against, in my my favorite, most underrated, all-time great team, uh, my NBA jam, arcade game team of choice, the, yeah, the now defunct Seattle Supersonics. First of all. I love Kemp and Peyton. Great uniforms. Great name. Mm. Supersonics? It's yeah. Unique. It's Emerald cool. City. Emerald City, man. R.I.P. Yeah, I think they're gonna get. I I I know the NHL is going there. Word word on the street. Sources sources close to sources say that somebody's interested in buying a team, um, that they and moving and moving them to Seattle, and the the hot name on the street is the Grizzlies, hmm. who are not financially performing the best in Memphis. I mean, some years the Tigers are a better draw for in the same basketball arena. And, I mean, let's just think off the top of our head what Seattle-based billionaire could just wake up on a Tuesday and say, I want to buy an NBA team today and move them here. <laughs> That's a yeah. possibility more than any other city in America well, because of Amazon and Bezos. Yeah, and we saw – and I, by the way, uh, that's two mentions of this league, today's show. But look what the XFL did with the Seattle Dragons. So there's still – RIP. RIP. There's still a good amount of Seattle fans that are going to show up. So that's like that's going to and plus you're bringing back the SuperSonics. Come on. Oh, the love would be immediate. The love would be immediate. You think that yeah. they would diss Vancouver like that? Uh, They're originally from up there. I know, I know, and that's yeah. Well, Vancouver. There's another bid for Vancouver. <laughs> it's right next, like right to get a, yeah, I know. There's a bid for Vancouver to get a team because of the Toronto victory and the popularity in Canada right now, mm-hmm. which I actually think is a genius idea. Um. To capitalize on that um, yeah, it momentum. Also, it would only make sense to bring them back because the NHL is getting a Seattle team as well. Right. Seattle and Vegas are the hot cities right yeah. now for expansion. But Seattle in the 90s, 
these guys were lighting it up. Like, watch highlights of Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, and they were an incredible two-man team. I think that in a in a two-on-two matchup of the greatest pick-and-roll combinations of all time, I would take them over Stockton Malone because Gary Payton would lock up John Stockton like nobody's business in that matchup. So, with that bias going forward... <laughs> We have um, the Bulls winning the first three games pretty easily. And then Gary Payton, well, actually, and then they go back to the story of Ahmad Rashad, who apparently was just always hanging out with Michael. He says, yeah, we were eating dinner in Seattle, and there's and I see George Carl, and I say, hey, there's George Carl, and Carl leaves without saying hi to us, and he switches to Michael saying, seriously, dude, like, we're both Dean Smith's friends. We've golfed together and you're just going to diss me like that. Right before the finals. It's on now. It's on now. And it was like, oh. And Ahmad Rashad was like, oh, man, I just knew. I knew it was over before it started after that. (laughs) (laughs) And fast forward three games, and they've won three games, and Gary Payton says, I'm the reigning defensive player of the year. I just won that award, and I'm not guarding Michael. I'm guarding Michael this game. And Michael followed that with three of his worst finals games, even though they won the final one. They won their they won the 6th game. They won the series 3 or 4-2, but they were up 3-0 and no team has ever come back in the finals from a 3-0 deficit. But Seattle won two back-to-back games with the glove <laughs> guarding Michael. And Gary Payton says, "Oh god, this was so, the it every week we have memeable moments." And Brandon knows where I'm going here. But they have the glove saying in his interview where he's always been a top five trash talker all time. He's from Oakland. He's proud of it. There's that iconic photo of him. You don't know what he's saying because it's a photo, but he's almost spitting in Jordan's face with what he's saying. Like he gets up in your grill and he does not let go. Um, and he says, my, I was just trying to tire him out. That was my goal. So he couldn't have too much energy on the offensive end. I was just going to run when I was on offense and and just try to tire him out and do everything I could to keep him moving at all times. And then it goes to them handing Jordan the tablet of Gary's interview. <laughs> and why do they keep doing these players so dirty? Like, Mike got final cut. You know, all of this. He's like, let me see that. Let me see that. <laughs> so they give him this, and they play him the interview, and he just starts laughing out loud. He got a new Jordan meme. And he says, and he says, the glove. I had no problem with the glove. <laughs> <That was> just, <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay, Michael. But you kind of have to give, I think Gary deserved respect there because the numbers don't lie of Jordan's lowered statistics once Gary got switched on to him. And Gary is a top top 15 point guard all time. He's a Hall of Famer. Respect the guy a little bit. I mean, come on. I know you kept him from getting a ring, but he's one of those guys I feel like Jordan doesn't give the adequate respect to a competitor in in Gary Payton, which is a little sad. <laughs> well, I mean, when he laughs, it, I got no problem with the glove. But he says, I got no problem with the glove. He says, I had bigger things on my mind, and then you're reminded that game six was on Father's Day, and this was his first championship without his father. It was almost two years since he'd lost him at that point, and you see the, Mike, the emotional Michael, 
And it's, it's kind of different when you have the actual... We've seen the video of him like just sprawled on the ground you know, after a, after a finals win. But when it's the actual video and you hear him just openly sobbing, it's a little different. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It was just a it was a good way to like put a cap on all the emotions that kind of happened in those two episodes. Yeah, and there's like no Rodman talk about that season, which was interesting. Yeah. yeah, they didn't really. I figured that they would talk a little bit more about Rodman. Come, I think coming to the team, and they I never think, did. I yeah. think it was because Rodman got his got episode that, yeah. of where it's like, here's the Pippin, here's the major characters. Right. You know, over the first three episodes, you kind of learn the major characters, right. and in Rodman's episode. You know, they talked about all of his stuff, and so I honestly, I think he was way more in line in his first season with the Bulls and kind of like, okay, it's Michael and Scotty's team. My job is to rebound and elbow people in the face. <laughs> and he just did his job and did whatever off the court, you know, out of view because it's the 98 season where he's like, I got a break. I got to get a break. I got to go to Vegas. <laughs> That's the 98 season. So I think he was quieter, more like reserved, like I know my place that first season maybe a little bit as well because there was like no Rodman highlight at all. Really interesting. So we have him winning that title. They tease the Pacers next in the Eastern Conference Finals. So in episode 9 and 10, we're going to have the Eastern Conference Finals of 98. We're going to get through the 97 season in that playoffs and any storylines there within. And then we're going to get to the big one, you know, I think they're really exactly and so I think they're really doing an incredible job of weaving everything together so episode 10 is going to be those back-to-back final you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. look at what they've done so far to where you know the beginning of the 98 season and his 84 season is half of the first episode so they've been building his career and the 98 season in each of these episodes and I think we're really going to enjoy seeing the back-to-back footage of 97-98 against Utah. Yeah. And uh, it's it's kind of, again, it's sad it's coming to an end because what are we going to talk about? Oh, Jake, <laughs> have you not heard? Oh. Did you not know? Oh. Oh, my gosh. Like, like a bridge. What a transition. High five for that segue. Beautiful. <laughs> so ESPN teased their new schedule of 30 for 30s starting the Sunday right after this in the slot of the last dance, just without skipping a beat. Starting on May 24th, we have Lance Part 1, followed by Lance Part 2, Bee Water, and Long Gone Summer. Is, is that about Michael Phelps? No. What, no. What is that one about? Bee Water. I had to look that one. I, I saw I what the promo it, was. Yeah, so this one is about... Um, oh... What's his name? The jujitsu guy. <coughs> Joe Rogan? <laughs> <laughs> no, what? No, the... Hoist Gracie? No, the famous one, the dead one, the 1960s. Thank you. Bruce Lee? Yeah. yeah. Man, that was rough. Shows you how many of his movies I've should seen. should have said, like, yeah, you should have said, like, kung fu actor, like, the kung fu actor. So it's about Bruce Lee's semi-perceived failure in Hollywood and moving back to his homeland where he made these iconic 70s movies mm-hmm. became uh, one of the world's most renowned martial arts instructors and then died tragically short within like 4 years so it's about it's about he him killed chuck norris brandon he killed chuck norris in a movie it's impressive <laughs> yeah yeah i mean put that on a resume enter the dragon was his last movie yeah so i you know 
my dad is an avid bicyclist. We're more of a cardio family. Um, we, we watch the Tour de France every summer, and I'm very excited for Lance Part 1 and 2 because my dad worshipped Lance Armstrong. Um, no, well, well, I'll, make it, don't, I'll make it palatable. Don't worry. No, I feel bad for your... So my dad, dad. worshipped Lance Armstrong. He actually has a picture of him and Lance biking side-by-side side when Lance did Ragbri. Um, he had the same USPS biking jersey. Like, my dad is, uh, he, like, spends thousands of dollars on bikes, and he's in his 50s and winning age categories, and he's serious about this, and he loved Lance Armstrong. And now what he says is, you know, that's a sport where it is just a race between the cheaters and the catchers constantly. He still won seven times in a row against cheaters. And so the way that my dad sees it is he was still the best of the best when it's kind of the Wild West, which we're going to see in long gone summer. I was going to say that's exactly how I feel about baseball in that, that era. Because this is thing. Yeah, so, the, the Sammy Sosa one. Yeah. So yeah. you take this, Brandon, because this is your, this is your field. Yeah, here. I'm, exci- I'm excited to see this because, you know, my favorite team is the Cardinals. And so Mark McGuire, you know, is one of the best Cardinals players of all time. Love it or hate it, this is an iconic moment in baseball yeah, this history. Is a, this is a huge, huge buildup from baseball becoming super popular. And it's regional for here. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's the Cubs Cardinals. Sammy Sosa was the race. race was, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun. The race for whose neck is the thickest? Because I think Mark. My won. question is are they going to touch on the Bash Bro stuff too? Because that was right before. Because that was, yeah, that, yeah. I'm trying to remember the timeline. But. I wonder if they'll incorporate that too, because it'll be really cool to see all of that. I I don't know how I feel about the, the Lance Armstrong one. I'm excited for it because one of the clips. Gonna, I, I, I I hate to be that guy, but it just it feels like I'm gonna revel in his downfall. In the yeah, and that's part. okay. You can because he he is he's a horrible person, and it's not that he cheated. It's that after he cheated, he lied about it and lied about it and covered it up and tried to stomp people's careers to cover his own tracks. That's what's not okay. Yeah, but in the competitive sense, the guy beat three types of cancer and won the Tour de France seven times without being caught at the time. Yeah, and that is, in a way, to me, more of an accolade than Barry Bonds' record. And he's also got the live strong stuff. You know, I'm, he's. I mean, it's bad, all vacated. Hey, it's all vacated. Bad now. people can do nice things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that's one way to put it. But I think he's a bad person <laughs> because one of the, the no. That's what I'm saying. It, it, like, even though he did. You know, the philanthropy, you still can't take away the bad things that he did do. You know what I mean? Yeah, he says, like their maiden clip of his interview, he says, I'm going to tell you how I remember things happening. <laughs> I'm going to tell Is the clip way. that they use, and it's like, oh, okay. So it's basically going to be the Hulu Firefest where they present Billy with the evidence against him, and he's like, "I don't even. I, I is that English? I can't even read this. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't. You're you're throwing a lot at me, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could it could have happened. I, don't, I love when he says it, it's just like you're throwing a lot at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, ESPN, for giving us something to do on Sunday I, night. Still, I kind of like that. I kind of like the fact that they're doing like Sunday night thirty for thirties. Well, gotta do something. Time. They, yeah. They're well. ESPN as well as you know football in general is looking at perspective for they're just trying to get viewers man they're trying to get eyeballs on commercials ESPN so they might take Saturday football if there's no college football well they've been all the weekends all weekends have been playbacks of 
old games, usually final, usually NBA Finals or NFL and so Super Bowl. You you know, if there's no NBC you know Sports, Fox Sports One. Yeah, if all. there's no college football, is there any network more than ESPN that will be salivating to get rights to those some Saturday flex games? Because think about it, they have the availability and they have no other NFL games. The other networks, you know, Fox will be running like extreme go karting or something like whatever they're doing ESPN on a Saturday. ESPN has become. Well, they still do the joke. They still do that virtual racing because they had yeah. NASCAR. Oh yeah, they'll Fox, be right? NASCAR. NASCAR. That doesn't make any sense. NASCAR's to me. back first. They should no been, UFC's back first. They should have been back right away. UFC never left. All you have to worry about is your pit crew of anybody that you come into contact. They're but already never, masked, and you don't leave your car. Right. So I mean, I, I never understood that one. Uh, but I was just say ESPN is becoming ESPN eight. The Ocho. They the are Ocho. becoming it the is. Ocho. It is becoming they the had, Ocho. They, they had marble races? They had, they had corn, cornhole championships with no, <laughs> nobody there. Oh, that's that. wild. They were playing social distancing. No. that's yeah. What is cornhole without the crowd? Like, would you even watch professional bowling without the crowd? Because that that is hot. Who and sometimes those guys, are? like, get lit. Yeah. I am! <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is up there with Mike Gundy. What happened to that guy's Stating glasses? his age. He had glasses at the beginning of that clip, and they were gone. I'm a man. And I'm 40. And I didn't see him fly off his freaking head. We, You know what? If we get too deep into quarantine, we might do um, a bracket of sports rants. freak out. Yeah. We'll, we'll throw on T.O. crying, saying that's, that's, my, that's quarterback. my quarterback. <laughs> and, and AI is like, you know where my friend is? Dead. And I'm here in practice. We got uh, Herm Edwards. <laughs> Yeah, oh. you you play to win the game or, uh, versus playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> that one guy. Oh, God. It's already built. The bracket's literally oh, building itself before our eyes. Who they thought they were? Hey, R.I.P. Romeo. Romeo Cornell. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they are. If he you want to, if you want to crown the ass, then crown them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Oh, better one. The last one. Richard Sherman talking about Crabtree at the oh, end of the yeah. game. That's awesome. Number number one seed because oh yeah, because I think Aaron Andrews almost filed for assault because he like grabs the mic. It was a mic. WWE it promo. It was it was like like what I assume like ancient soldiers were like after war. Come with that sorry sorry crap. <laughs> I'm the best in the world. Like like demonized. You put a sorry camera. receiver like Crabtree on me. Who who is it you're talking about? Crabtree, <laughs> you heard? <laughs> like that what? Incredibly aggressive. You know what, Aaron Andrews? I remember that whole scandal. I was like, screw that. That the Fox and Aaron Andrews knew what they were doing. They wanted a soundbite. They went and got one. So they, yeah, whatever. And he makes it fun. I'm sick of these. Well, I gotta thank God and my teammate. No, make we it had, fun. They had us in the first half. Can't lie. <laughs> Oh, that's good. But hey, we did. I have, got my swagger back. We had live American sports in Jacksonville, of all places. Florida is a like. I a, I, I think they chose Jacksonville because they know the governor will be lenient DeSantis. on professional sports because he said WWE is uh, an essential business so that they could well, keep. And I and I think they started open things up again in Florida too. Yeah. Well, so. I yeah I think that you know because everybody's talking about beaches there, so I think that that's been something. So we have the UFC 249, no fans, very quiet. You know, you could hear the slaps. Man, 
And I, I already have enough time, hard enough time watching MMA, and then you take away the crowd. We had our... One, one of the guys said he liked it because he could hear the other team's coaches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hate. But it's not appealing when you, when you watch two people just pound on each other with no other sound, so you no hear other, every... No other emotion at all. Yeah, and you just hear all the time. It's not... <laughs> Uh, it's just, <laughs> I, look, I've already MMA already had something against it for me when I, you have WWE because at least the WWE gives me some weird wacky storylines. I got no storylines when it's UFC. There's just these guys just beating each other up. Say someone slept with the other one's girlfriend or something. Give me some sort of spice to it. I'm just saying spice necessary. Yeah, make it a soap opera. That's what WWE is. Make UFC a soap opera. I mean, they try to with they how they do their weigh-ins a, and everything. They were going to be a, a Mortal Kombat tournament when uh, Dana White's like, I'm going to buy an island and put the fighters on an island. Yeah, it's it's literally <laughs> turning into uh, the most dangerous It's the most dangerous game. Yeah, and it's, it's the Hunger Games. You don't get a title, you get your life. <laughs> <laughs> you get the island when all else on the island are dead. <laughs> Well, it wasn't quite that extreme at UFC 249. We had uh, Hate Dar Resident, America's most hated athlete, one of them, Greg Hardy, winning by decision. Yuck. Because yeah. Probably because he threatened the judges. <laughs> he's probably. Just, he's just a bad man. I don't like him. He's, he's a, a horrible bad, human being. He, yeah, he gets DQ'd because he fights dirty. That's the thing. I will say this. He went into a profession that I can get behind where he gets beat up for a living. That's what Royce White did. He moved to MMA. I'm okay with that. Cut some weight. Yeah. So then you have the, what, the main event was what, 10 seconds? Main event. Like an Instagram video. It was like a TikTok. Nano. I didn't watch it, so I don't know the pronunciations here. I'm going to go with Nano, TKO over Rosenstrike in the main event. And it was a, I mean... This guy kind of got pounded on in those last... If you watched like the oh. highlight of him going down, like it was rough. It was ugly. Yeah, he took some shots. And somebody else getting shots right now. Jeez. Zion Williamson. Good Lord. That's your segue? Yeah. All right. So <laughs> Zion is being sued by his former representation. I don't know if it's technically a countersuit, because he sued them in order to leave them last year, stating that they weren't um, they weren't affiliated or you know confirmed or credentialed by the NFL PA, and now they're suing him. And very strong wording here that they want him to confirm is like their wording is like we need you to come clean about this. You like we need you to confirm what we said. Uh, that he, his mother and his stepfather demanded benefits, money, and other things um, from Duke or Adidas, depending on where he would go to school. And when you really think about it, that fits like a puzzle piece into the Kansas allegation about him because Kansas is Adidas's top basketball school. And so if they offered him 70, he goes to Duke, he takes the Nike money, the Nike benefits, instead of the Adidas stuff. Mm-hmm. And and this is where we are. And I mean, oh gosh, you know, it, 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 this is my surprised face. Right, because corruption never existed in college basketball. Right. Ever. When when <laughs> Sean Miller is still the Arizona head coach, and there's just and Bill Self is being incredibly investigated for other things at Kansas, and this just goes on, and they're allowed to compete, and it's just 
nothing's ever going to happen. And it was just uh, reported this evening as we're recording that Coach K might be deposed for this, which it's so interesting. We think of the coach when we think of allegations like, oh, Patino at Louisville, you know, Coach K at UMass in Memphis. But when we hear about Duke and something like this, why is it not, oh, Coach K? Why is it not Krzyzewski's about this? Why is your first thought probably that, oh, I mean, a booster did this or Nike did this? Why do we give Krzyzewski such a pass when it comes to the dirty side of college basketball? That is a great question. I think it just... I think it boils down to how we started the segment. I just think people are kind of he's a much more likable guy. <laughs> Maybe that Calipari. He is. Maybe he is. he is kind of the uh, I turn boys into men, and we run a system here where the system is bigger than the individual, and they leave as men. And I, yeah. you know, like the Wooden stuff, which Wooden was also investigated. You know, nobody's immune to this in college basketball. This is just the way of the world, and we have. Um, our first international prospect for college this week. Um, did I? Oh, I forgot to put in my NBA off-court moment, so I'm glad I remembered it here. Can't think of his name off the top of my head, but seven-foot international college prospect is choosing the G League over interna- over international leagues and over college, which I think he had some offers. So we have an international player not choosing college, and then we have... Um, Green card national player? I don't know. I don't think that the youngest Adetokounmpo is mm. American. Um, but he's choosing to go overseas. So he's flip-flopping. Make up your mind. Kid. So to move into this, you know, we have yet again another bad week all around for college sports because the people who could get paid in other ways are going to get paid, and you're losing out on another talent, another right. two talents here, because Alex Adetokounmpo had offers from University of Ohio, DePaul, and Green Bay. Now, I mean, it's kind of mid-major, but DePaul you know, makes the turn of it. They're a competitor. Yeah, they're a steady. They're in the uh, Big East, so that's one of the... The new Big East, which, you know... Well, still got Villanova and Marquette and... Creighton. Yeah, but they... <laughs> some schools are pretty good. Okay. <laughs> hey, Creighton's actually a good basketball school. Yeah, I know, but Big East? That's yeah. my point. But I get it. This is really cool because if Makes he... Makes about as much sense as West Virginia, the Big 12. If he chooses to go to the NBA draft in a year or two and comes back to America after playing in Europe, the other three brothers are already on NBA rosters, not G League rosters as of right now. Giannis and Thanasis play for Milwaukee, and Costas plays for the Lakers. And I think the Lakers are really trying to build that Giannis connection because we've heard that the Warriors are going to make a run at Giannis, Hmm. but I think the Lakers just always have this hubris that they just think think they can get anybody. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll just sit down with them, you know, like with every free agent. Everybody wants to play for us. And it failed so bad with people like LaMarcus Aldridge. Could you imagine Giannis and Golden State? It would be, oh, be better it, than KD. It would yeah. be Armageddon to basketball. It would be oh, the end of bat- it would be the end of basketball. It'd be better than the KD Warriors. It would be the end of basketball as we know it. It'd be it'd be the quickest return to a dynasty. <laughs> oh my goodness! Because of what one it wouldn't one it wouldn't, coronavirus would, bad it, season. It wouldn't even be a dynasty. We would need a new word for the type of domination that they inflict on the league. An empire. <laughs> yeah, the, gold, the warrior empire. Yeah, it would be. This was an occupation for four years by the Warriors on the NBA. It's their league. It was You're the playing dawn in it. of the Golden like said, State Like I said, Empire. even more dominant than the already incredibly dominant 
five-year stretch they right. just went through. The, yeah, so I was saying, this would be such a quick turnaround. Because KD and Giannis, although I think KD is still better than Giannis as a basketball player, what Giannis does with that, could you imagine? I mean, what he's doing with, what he's doing with these bucks. What if I told you? <laughs> you, you yeah, if you switch Bledsoe and Brogdon for Thompson or, and Curry. Oh, my goodness. It doesn't <laughs> matter who the other guys are. You I know, guard, yeah. You have to guard those three guys with five guys. Good luck. Yeah, put us out three there. Three on five. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. Yeah. On offense, we're fine. If it's you, me, and those yeah. three, we're good. That's all you need. <laughs> uh, there's one more that you left out for uh, NBA off-court moment that I just added. Oh. On my laptop. Mm. Cause, I, uh, I don't have that update on my paper sheet here. Blame the printer, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Operation there. Uh, Shaq. Has come out and said that the NBA should scrap this season. Oh yeah, and I did see that. And restart in 2021. Mm-hmm. He's like, no matter who wins, there's going to be an asterisk next asterisk next to it, and we should just. He's like, we should just scrap it, start over in 2021. Well, nine or ten years ago, the NBA had a strike shortened season, and I bet Brandon is pretty adamant that the champion that year does not need an asterisk, even though that was an altered season. I get that this is kind of different. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a little different. I mean, because it's towards the end of the yeah. season. But that's what, you know, I mean that he gives a valid point. At some point, people are gonna be like, "Yeah, but they got the Corona Championship. That doesn't really. It's not the same." Yeah, yeah, especially after the rumors that if it does open up, that opens up the opportunity for Kevin Durant to play for the Nets, who are right now and would be in contention. Mm. And so you know, it's oh yeah, well you made it that far because you had this rest. I understand contracts and everything, and I, I'm of the mind that. I, there's two things to look at that because one of me, part of me says, yeah, I just finished the season because you you went so late into the season anyway. But at the same time, it's like it's the asterisk thing. It's also the you're going to be running up against the NFL when they start playing because I mean, if they started in June, when the, when would they end? Maybe because they talked about August, right? It would be, be like, like a two months, and then they would do a Christmas Day start for next season. Yeah, which I'm not against. Yeah, so would you put an asterisk on that season then too? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, it affects gonna, next it's season. It's gonna bleed into both seasons. Yeah, and it's gonna cause us problems. I don't know if you if you really want to be at that point. You also have to say then who cares? Who cares? Because you because your peers said that it was an asterisk, even though you have the championship, you still put in the work. I don't. I just don't know. It's. We're in, a, we're in an unprecedented time, so we really don't have a right answer to it. But right. I don't know. I At this point, maybe you do scrap it. I don't know. You know what I do want to hear your answer to, though, is who have you frauded this week, oh. Jake? I'm going to go with, because I saw this on Bleacher Report, and I was appalled oh. when I saw it. Shocked. The fraud of the week is the NFL MVP voters who have never given a single vote. It's May. I don't care. I saw this fact now because these stats pop up because we have nothing else to talk about in sports. <clears throat> Not a single vote has gone to Russell Wilson for the MVP candidacy. Not Ever? a single vote. None. His whole career. What? That's a, that, is a, that is a stat. I'll Man, pull it up again. Yeah, you, you hate to see it. You, you, you do, but it's a fraud. The fact that that man has not seen, received at not least last one. Year? Not even last year. Granted, he I mean, but Lamar, Lamar, but, but, but Lamar wasn't unanimous. Jackson kind of got so who, who, anointed. Who was getting votes then? 
Yeah, this is I, I want maybe know no first. Is it like Heisman voting to where he hasn't gotten first place? I'm votes? gonna double check on this, but from what I saw, it was a big old goose egg for votes. They do like five or ten, don't they, for an MVP? Fraud your research. <laughs> I, I don't believe you. <laughs> Mic drop. While you're looking that up, uh, Brandon, who's who is incorrect this week. Um, we, I mean, you kind of talked about it earlier, and I know you have probably the exact opposite opinion on this because you talked again. You tweeted about it last night, and you talked about it earlier. But Cowherd's tweet about MJ intimidating everyone was intimidated by MJ in the league in his era when he called them what in the man's league, and he yeah. said that players players now can't can't even get over a tweet or something. You yeah. Know? That, that that was the, the gist of his of his tweet. Again, I'm on Twitter, so I can pull yes. it up here. Yes, yeah, that's what um, it was. Players who, can't get who, over subtweets. Who was inti- I don't I don't can't think of anyone who was intimidated by Michael Jordan. Who of these who who was this guy that was intimidated by Michael Jordan? Uh, well, was Reggie Miller intimidated? Was Carl Malone intimidated? Was Bradley LeBradford Smith? Okay, so some <laughs> some rookie. I mean, yeah. Guys who can't play. Teammates who didn't make it on that team for more than two years. Like or, you know, but no, come on. I, I MJ, don't agree with that. The last part of that tweet, MJ abused his teammates. Is what he did physically abuse multiple teammates. <laughs> but but I but get his, what you're but saying. His, but his it's not only the intimidation that he's that he's saying these guys were intimidated by him. It's that he's saying that the guy who stopped playing basketball because he was under too much pressure, as well as stopped talking to the media for two weeks because of the pressure and all of the talk and the hate that was coming towards him and saying that he is weaker than the, guy, than the guys of the league now who are under the same scrutiny plus social media. Like, it's not like the newspapers and these, these media writers are non-existent anymore. It's the same media it was in the 90s as it is now, if not worse, on top of social media. Right. There is so much more today than there ever was in the 90s. So to say that these guys can't get over a tweet and that makes them completely mentally weak is just absurd to me. And it doesn't make any sense when you're talking about a guy. And we've just watched. This guy literally didn't talk to the media for two whole weeks because they were coming at him. They're mean. Yeah, come on. It's because David Stern told him not to when he Yeah, that's took a good point. Out. MJ kind of was sensitive about the media. Yeah, everybody it's, is. It's just, we talked about with the SI cover. Like I I almost guarantee you Cowherd is com- making taking a shot at KD for what he inter- how he interacts with the fans on Twitter because he won't come on his show. And you don't you don't you don't think you don't think Michael Jordan would have said something to some random fan that said that he sucks? Yeah. Come on. That's, yeah. He'd be like, that's why you're sitting up there and I'm down here playing, you know? Yeah, yeah like, he would say something. That, like, I, I, I agree with you. I, I hate when... That's, pe- just, that's, just, that's just a terrible take, um, in my opinion. It, it's the, it's the cliched, well, this, gener- this is an older generation and the younger generation is weak or soft or sucks. And it, it's just, Every generation ever has had that Right, take. the generation yeah. behind me sucks and they're weak and everything. And oh, Zs are the worst. They do. Gen Z's, are, Gen the Z's are the worst. They oh, by the way, do. I Googled it or looked it up on Twitter. According to Bleacher Reports, Mike Freeman, zero career MVP, MVP votes. Well, Mike Freeman, Russell Wilson. I don't think he knows what he's talking about. But <laughs> Point is that. He should have. He should have. I think he should have won last year. The media kind of had their own narrative with Lamar. Lamar Jackson had a phenomenal season. 
you could have you could have argued for him to actually be the MVP because he was whatever. I'm just saying Russell, he was. <laughs> Russell Wilson deserves to be MVP. You can make an argument he deserved the award that we you already won. gave him. That's why I said it real fast, <laughs> like a disclaimer. All right, Paul. What about you? I don't buddy? know if you've heard it, but I have not heard me say it. <laughs> if I say it, if I say it fast enough, it's negated. Fraud. Uh, you know, Adidas sales like department is a whole. Brandon touched on this earlier, and I'm going to elaborate here with our Zion talk. <clears throat> what did you say about Adidas, man? Adidas, yeah. yeah you, you keep that Nebraska over there. Um, Adidas frauds at getting any type. Outside of Derrick Rose, they have never been able to really land the star that they go for. They couldn't get Zion. Didn't they get James Harden? Okay, they got James Harden. Yeah. So they have a couple, but James I, no, I agree. Still wears his Jordans. Um, but the way that they whiffed on Michael and Zion in two generational talents is where, I mean, Harden's superstar, but we're looking at coming very young, coming out of college, where Harden, Harden's established, oh, yeah. he's an all-pro. These are, this is the guy for the next 20 years. And they tried and missed both. And so I'm trying to think of maybe the gap person in the 90s who was, I mean, Penny Hardaway had Reebok. Reebok was getting guys better than Adidas. Who was getting guys now? Yeah, exactly. But in the, I mean, I just, they, they outside of Rose and Harden and was, was Curry Lillard. Adidas? Was Curry Adidas? Before Under Armour? Curry is Under Armour. Oh, he was Under Armour. I'm yeah, wrong. yeah. I'm wrong. I don't, know, dad I, I don't know if he switched to Under Armour. But yeah, fraud Adidas. Now, I'll take my, you, you hate to see it, we slightly touched on it. Rosenstruck, thanks for coming out, you know, to, to <laughs> UFC 249. He made an appearance. He made an appearance, and then he got shown his seat, quite literally. Got yeah, he got shown the door, and you hate to see it on the undercard, we forgot to mention, Justin Gathji fracturing the orbital socket of Tony Ferguson, literally almost breaking his eye. Jeez. That is like one of the scariest injuries to me. Why would maybe it's Maybe it's irrational, this? but I feel like that could just like pop bone fragment into your eye and your eye's just done. Yeah. that's just, maybe, maybe that's just like a complete irrational fear of mine. But I feel like an eye socket injury is possibly eye-threatening. It'll lead to the... Uh, yeah, your eye, your eye comes person. out of your eye socket. Could you, actually, theoretically, could you get punched in the orbital socket? Could you get an orbital socket injury that makes you lose your eyeball? She I mean, yes. yeah. I mean, yes is the direct quote. Yeah. That's from the expert. We're going to take that as a yes. From the extra... From the x-ray tech that's only taken one. From the one person in this room that has taken an orbital x-ray. It's, it's about framing. It's, it's about true. framing, Jake. That the only true. person in this room. Our X-ray expert, <laughs> and it's X P E R T. Yeah, that's brutal, man. When like, how do you even? Do you need glasses after that? Do you need new glasses after that? You need a new prescription, new shape of your you need head, a new career. Yeah, you need a new career. <laughs> if somebody punches you so hard in you the gotta, eye, yeah, it almost blinds you. It's time to get that realtor's license, <laughs> right? Maybe that do that. A, maybe do that. Uh, you know, internet startup or something. Right. Oh, you hate to see it, um, Jake. So you, you hate to see. I it. found this uh, 
randomly on my Facebook. Uh, there, there's a group. Uh, they're called Wolverine Studios. That uh, they do these in-depth simulations with like Madden. And so they took Madden 20, and they put Tom Brady on the Buccaneers. And a, I'm not sure if they're clear if they put Gronk on there as well. Uh, but they did that, and they ran a simulation. Now, they ran 100 simulations of this season with Tom Brady as the Bucks quarterback. Uh, the average record... What is this, the IBM computer? Right. Well, well that's how they, they do that. This is Watson? ESPN talks about stuff like this, too. Yeah, I've they do a lot before, of Madden yeah. simulations. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but so that's the Disney machine. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from Wolverine Studios. They said the average record for the Buccaneers... This is from where? Wolverine Studios. Thank you. Great title. Great great thing. They said the average simulation was the Bucks would go 9-7, and seven, which would be uh, only two games better than their That's seven what I said. They're going to sneak into the seventh spot in the playoffs. Uh, the simulation did have Tampa Bay making the, the, the playoffs 32% of the time and winning the NFC South 16% of the time. The Bucks won the championship... Once they only won the Super Bowl in one of their one 100. out of a hundred. Hey man, hey, that's pretty good odds. Little Giants, would what you, you say you beat us nine times would, out of ten? Would you take one time. Super Bowl every hundred years for your franchise, or say no the and Lions gamble? I mean, the Lions, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Lions. Uh, so do you want to be the Lions? Do you want to say, hey, the Lions, man? <laughs> so here's We're his the Lions. <laughs> here's his stats for the simulation. He averaged four thousand three hundred fifteen yards, twenty eight touchdowns, and thirteen picks. Is this on average out of a hundred, or just one the season average. they pulled out? I just that's this is average. sketchy data here. Point is, you hate to see it. Even Madden's not giving the Bucks any love. All right, into our NFL news, Brandon. You hate to see it. Yeah, yeah, you, you hate to see it. They announced what last week, early last or late last week, that they're no longer having Tessator and Booger McFarland on like Saturday Monday Night Football. Yeah. Tessator's the big loser here. Yeah, honestly, Tessator's a he good play-by-play play guy. He wasn't he's, terrible. He's all right. He's getting shafted by the Booger memes. Yeah, and I mean, you just you hate to see that. We're never going to see the Booger Mobile ever oh, again. I hate to see it. Uh, people with season tickets in the front few rows of NFL stadiums are just fine with that. Because so apparently, like, the game. yeah, like <laughs> they would throw things at him. Like, he would just sit and just, you know, he moves it up and down the sideline, but he's always in front of a good seat. And they're like, paid a lot of money for this man. And you're right in front. Yeah, you would be surprised because we got really good tickets to an Iowa State game. And the TV crew really does take, a bu- take up a lot of your field of view. If they're yeah. depending on where they're at. There's something I noticed when I the few times that I've been to Raw live in Des Moines is they like do everything to actively avoid that, it seems. Like all their yeah, stuff is floor level. Yeah, and they have like one hard camera that's just that you see on TV. Right. And they have one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> you hate to see it. R. I. P. Boogermobile. It seems like it's okay, never coming back. Like twenty seventeen to twenty twenty. Almost every single one of our NBA NFL topics this week could be you hate to see it. Let's just <laughs> Earl Thomas. That's what I'm saying. How do we make it you hate to see it? Because especially Earl Thomas. I thought somebody was gonna take this for there. You hate to That's see it. it. I left this. I left this Man, out there. That, I'm already Chris. Uh, 2020. You hate to see it of the year. Oh has my to gosh. Be this story. Let's just let's just take this in pieces. Okay. Yes, so please he's, lay spin a yarn for me, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> he's arguing. With his wife. Okay. Okay. And what about what? I, I'm not quite certain. <laughs> but he's arguing with his wife and he says, You know what is gonna make me feel better? If I have my brother pick me up and I go somewhere I don't tell her. That's gonna make me feel a lot better. After a fight. Great idea. After a fight. Idea. After great a fight. Idea. Yep. And so he 
<laughs> I can't even get through this. I this goes this is, to an orgy. This is so unbelievable. He goes to an Airbnb house that they rent for these events in Baltimore. That's just okay. And he is found in bed with multiple women and his brother. Okay. This is this is not first date stuff. Put like a pen this in is that. <laughs> put a pen. Yeah, we we'll get back it. to that. <laughs> we'll get back to that. Let's just retrace the steps here. Earl Thomas says, I'm pissed at my wife. I'm gonna call my brother. Now I wanna know whose idea it was. Was it Earl Thomas or was it his brother? It's like, Earl's. It's Earl's because man, I, because Seth Seth is not the orgy guy. <laughs> Seth is the my famous brother guy. Okay? So, so Seth and Earl, a name combo known for trouble. Into, he doesn't get into this. How does one find an Airbnb? Yeah. Seth doesn't yeah. Seth doesn't get in this orgy bed without Earl. <laughs> How did you get into the Baltimore orgy circle? Like, how does that happen? I feel like this started multiple years ago with Earl chilling at home. His brother being like, yo, I'm at the club. There's this four girls that came together. They don't believe I'm your brother. I need you, and we can take them all home. And Earl's like, bro, I just watched, like, Moana with my wife. And Seth says, Brother, I need you. <laughs> and so Earl says, I'm going to go play cards with my brother. Goes, and th- that's, that. I mean, how do how do orgies start? I, that's a great, who gets involved in an orgy? Like, how does it's that like work? With your, with it's, one your, those, it's one of those poll tabs you see on the bullet boards. With your blood <laughs> siblings. Call this number. number. <laughs> <laughs> Is there like a Tinder? Lawnmower, babysitter, orgy organizer. <laughs> Is there a t- seriously? Is there an app? Is there like a oh yeah? Is there like a Tinder yes. for orgies? Yes, Jake. There are apps for this, <laughs> but he's okay. So we put put a pin in who's in the put bed. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Now, <laughs> what's it gonna look like? Fucking Hellraiser. He's gonna have all these pins. <laughs> now, <laughs> let me let me let me paint you this picture. Wife walks in with a gun, and a girl behind her with a knife points it at the bed full of people. Skirt, skirt, freeze frame. You might wonder how I got here. Record scratch. <laughs> that, <laughs> the movie. The movie starts with this. With this image. Yeah, I'm, I'm all pro. I'm all pro <laughs> safety. <laughs> Earl Thomas. So in in beautiful Tarantino movie fashion, after that freeze frame, which is like the beginning of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> this this is literally Pulp Fiction. We we rewind to the scene where <laughs> he is. Taking off, his brother just picked him up, and his wife says, "Oh, I know what he's doing. He's doing an orgy." <laughs> I already know. She knows. She knows because she Earl be fucking. Logs, <laughs> she logs into his Snapchat account on her phone, turns off ghost mode, and uses his own Snapchat account's location to find him. She calls her friend first. First, okay, I can't even say first off at this point in the story. Third off, ride or die friend that says, oh, Earl's doing that orgy thing again and grabs a knife and says, pick me up. <laughs> you know, like... doing that orgy thing again? Seriously, because she pulled up with backup. Them, them Thomas boys, they love them orgies. <laughs> oh, Seth and Earl. Man. Trouble. <laughs> She walks in with a gun and what? Talk about killing the vibe of the orgy, and, though. Um, <laughs> did, it, did it continue after yeah, they left? I mean, I think there have been orgies that have continued after a gun is introduced. Not this one. <laughs> Not this one. 
I mean, you think about where else can you go to get excitement? <laughs> yeah, Bring that's, in a gun. that's like yeah, that's like Michael Scott Improv One Hundred and One. <laughs> Nothing tops a gun. Just always say you have a gun. Damn it, Earl! <laughs> is that your wife with a gun again? <laughs> so, um, oh, thought. Oh, I'd hate to be this beer <laughs> Airbnb owner. Uh, can't wait to clip this out. Yeah, but <laughs> he says. Oh, what does he say? No, it's not Earl. It's his wife. His, uh, throwback to our crossover Tiger King tinfoil episode. Yeah, I was thinking of because Doc this whole time. She, no, not Doc, the boyfriend, because Earl's wife walks in and she's like, oh, no, I was just going to scare the shit out of him. I didn't keep the gun, the clip in the gun. And when oh, police God. arrived, she had one in the chamber. Jeez. Unawares to her, she we almost... Had I, 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 this is not even a joke. We almost had another Steve McNair moment. Oh, God. Yeah. Then the story wouldn't nearly be as funny. It's not as funny. No. Everything about the story is funny because, because nobody got hurt. Because yeah. she did not pull the trigger. Yeah. Otherwise, we're looking oh, at an incredible man. tragedy. But no, no, I take that back. It would still be funny. But she put a loaded gun to her husband's head in a, in a, in a bed filled with his naked brother and other <laughs> arms and legs and. Bodily devices. If she would have shot him, not in the head, not fatally, but if she would have shot him, it would still be pretty. Oh, hilarious. she would have capped him. This would yeah. be hilarious. <laughs> if she just would have put one in. Shoot him right in the butt. Like, no, she, she, yeah, yeah, no. He's thrusting. Just... Like wife who knows where the money in the family comes from gives him one in the in like his toe and is like, you're still playing next season. <laughs> You're that'll, not missing OTA. Yeah, she Pop. she shoots him in the foot. He starts freaking out. She's like, "What? That'll be healed by preseason." Shot off your pinky toe. Stop being a wuss. So, um, shout out to Harlem Marriage Matt. Counseling One Hundred and One. Earl Thomas, uh, maybe stop hanging out with. Don't go to orgies. Yeah, don't go to orgies yeah, with your brother. Let's step one. Let's take the brother out of the occasion, and then we'll try to remove the orgy. It's it's phases here for Earl. I, <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I can't. <laughs> not not one giant leap. Yeah, this is this is no, this is not a cold turkey situation. There's some if things, you are in orgies with your brother. <laughs> this is not a cold turkey situation. Some things you should not experience with a sibling. Definitely an orgy. And it's I gotta love, be up there. And I love that he puts a post a video on Instagram saying that um, an issue that happened with him and his wife from earlier this month is going to come out on TMZ and just be cool with it. <laughs> And then Mark Ingram. And you're like, oh, he Did hit you her. you see Mark Ingram's tweet? Everybody's just like, oh, he hit her. Like, immediately is what you think when an NFL player says something like that. Yeah, how refreshing is it that he didn't beat his wife and she just threatened him at an orgy? I like, mean, what I guess a, so. How great is that? That is a different uh, different story. Mike, Mark Ingram tweeted, he's like, when he said that, like in a dispute, and he's like, no, 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 we need to know because there's a, there's a gun, there's an orgy, a knife, your brother. Yeah. This is this is a thirty for thirty. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a whole one of like one offs. I can't wait for the the oral history article with like word for word interviews with people. What if I told you, <laughs> yeah, Earl Thomas liked orgies, and half the interview is just Seth because he's just a money grabber and <laughs> it's just all him saying. I mean, it, it ain't it's that, all it's always Earl's idea. He needs a driver and another man in the bed and i just if i can't be there for my brother who can i be there for and he needs the extra penis otherwise the ratio's off it's all it's all wonky it's all everybody's doing more work than they want to (laughs) people's arms get tired man oh yeah you know we have another you hate to see it still this week kind of for roger goodell which if you've heard of this all-in challenge it's a really good thing 
Robert Kraft donated one of his Super Bowl rings to be auctioned, and Roger Goodell auctioned a Monday Night Football watch in his man cave with him, and Dave Portnoy, El Presidente, uh, the founder and millionaire mind behind Barstool, and sold T-shirts. Immediately put down two hundred fifty grand and said, "This is mine." <laughs> And he won it two weeks later after this like silent online auction. The same Barstool Sports that sold t-shirts of Roger Goodell as a clown. He is... Oh, and you think he's not going to wear that? <laughs> right. Yeah, he has a picture of Robert... He has a t-shirt of Robert Goodell as a clown. Yeah. And this is the, the same guy that was physically removed in handcuffs from last year's Super Bowl. Yep. Yep. And the Combine. Can't wait. Going to be great content. Gonna be great content. Ultimate content. Roger says you can't film anything. It's just you and me just sitting here, just chilling. Well, I, I thought it was gonna be on ESPN, like it's gonna be on one of the. Oh channels. my gosh! I need, I need picture in box. Yeah, right. Of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't even care who's who replaces Testator and Booger, which allegedly will be internal. I want to watch that Monday night game with um, Presidente and <laughs> and Roger Goodell. I also. A little bit of a soapbox here. Oh, segue. Celebrity watch party. I hate it. That's my soapbox. <clears throat> okay, thank you. From there, we have our NFL schedule release <laughs> from this week. A few things to talk about. We'll deep dive into teams when we do our preseason episodes. We'll do buy, sell, and hold. We'll look at our local team schedules. Some other things, but what we have, uh, what I noted right away, maximum primetime games was five, and there were eight teams that got five primetime games. Here's the 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 does, which are the Niners, Ravens, and Chiefs were the three. Yes, we want them in primetime as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and then the storyline, the drama ones, which are not surprising, are... Tampa Bay and the Cowboys. And then, you know, there's kind of that iffy Cowboys, Packers, Patriots grouping of teams that always have good national draws. Mm-hmm. They're they they're good at competing. People tune in for these games. So the Packers also have five primetime games. And then there's the Patriots are a little bit of a question mark with why they got this many. Still. But the real question mark is the Rams. The Rams were the eighth team. They got five primetime games. I think in part it's because, you know, there's not a lot of options probably some weeks for a West Coast late game. Yeah, and I I think the Rams still have a good brand based on just even just two years, like that run that they had two years ago, the Super Bowl. But I think why, why not the Seahawks, you know, if we're looking at some West Coast? I, watch I, gone, I, I gone, will watch Seahawks games. I would have picked the Cardinals because they – with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and how well they drafted, I think yeah, but the Cardinals are a team to look out for. They're not going to try and get, except for Thursday night. Thursday night does a little bit more, but they're not trying to get those teams that they don't think are going to be the flash and the very pan great teams. Very, yeah. You don't want you don't want a three and eight team, you know, in week in week ten. Cardinals play. They're too iffy, yeah. yeah. Car- a, a Cardinals decision is better, I would say, on a Thursday night than a Sunday night. Yeah, especially early. 
an early Thursday night, you know, yeah. week three, something like yeah, that. Yeah, you're going to watch. We can throw this in there. You want to see how they're going to do, yeah. you know, everybody, you know, oh, yeah, week week four Monday. The screams, Cardinals scream oh, yeah. a week four Monday night. They really do, you know. The Cardinals you, Raiders. You had the Dolphins Boom. last year on week week five on Monday night or something, you know. Well, That's we'll get, get to those, some of those games. The Browns are play on Monday night in what, week two, I, you know, games like that. I got to say, thank you, Tom Brady. For making the Bucks relevant for these primetime games. Yeah, did you guys see? There was no question in my mind that they were gonna have. Like when that schedule was rolling out, I'm like, they have mm. got. I I was like, I guarantee they're gonna have a primetime slot every. They they're gonna have at least one Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. They have to because it's just Tom Brady. They just want that thing, and it's his whole. Uh, I don't know. You would say the twilight of his career kind of thing where. He's trying to win a championship with a different team. And right. Did you guys see Frank Caliendo's video of yeah. him doing impressions of the coaches looking at their schedules? The Bruce Arians. And Gruden is win, 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 buy, win, win. win. Like 16 and 0, man. The interview one's great because it's just him. He goes, oh, what schedule's out? He just pulls up a home jersey. I don't care. Yeah, Andy Reid, he just like, pulls up a home jersey. He's yeah, like, he okay, shakes the jersey throw like somebody that. at us every week. And then Bruce Arians just got a glass with looks and like his Kango. And he's just like, I don't give it. And he just keeps cussing. Yeah, like, every third word. Yeah, it's the F word. And he's like, we're going to beat him. We're going to beat him. I don't care. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't we're just, just going to throw it. We're going to we're gonna play hard. We're going to take it to the house. We're going to give these guys hard. You know, we're going to give it to them. And then we're going to come back and we're going to rest. And we're going to play a home game. We're going we're gonna to give it to them at home. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, you can't um, name a cooler coach than Bruce Arians. Sean Mc... Oh, no, he's, he's top five. <laughs> top five coach to have a steak dinner with. Bruce Arians. <laughs> they have McVay, where he said... Uh, Caliendo did McVay, and he says... You guys want me to memorize this whole thing? Or oh, the Belichick Done. one was great. Belichick, and then he did Jerry Jones uh, as well. Uh, we don't, we don't really care who we play. We play everybody. We're gonna beat them. We don't need preparation. And I'm like, well, that's not realistic. So I found an ES. I got like Belichick. I found an ESPN article of ranking the top nine primetime games. So here we go. Close it out this week. Ooh. Let's look at these. We have number nine. Bengals Browns. Now this is exactly what we were just talking about with Cardinals. Look at this. Week two Thursday night, the opening Thursday night game. Bengals Browns. Burrow Mayfield. Who is not tuning in for that? Week two football on a Thursday. One, I'm here for it. Two, it's Burrow's first prime time. Three, Manziel's first prime time with new weapons and everything. You mean Mayfield? Mayfield. You said, said Manziel. Yeah, money Manziel. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, slip of the Freudian Ooh. slip there. <laughs> Who are you, Colin Coward? Yeah. Hey, no, I bu- I knew from day one Manziel would be a failure. <laughs> said it. I said it. No, yeah, that that one makes sense because it will, and it's a rivalry game. It's the battle for Ohio. It'll be fun. Okay, so we have Cowboys at Rams week one, Sunday night football. And here's, here's why. New LA Stadium. Uh, so that's probably a part of why the Rams got five games because they have the amazing new stadium. Yeah. And, you know, first week, first game, let's give them America's team at the new stadium. Ratings will be huge. If the Cowboys aren't playing the Giants week one, I don't – the season's all wacky. Even though this this season for the Rams is like Dante's seventh circle of cap room hell. <laughs> they can't do – they've been just giving people away because they can't do anything. They really are hamstrung by Goff, yeah, Donald, and, and the other high-end makers. You know, Gurley, for I one, until they, they cut that. They made a huge mistake signing Goff to that deal, I think, in hindsight, because he was 
his Super Bowl fifty three performance. Yeah, but you almost have to. You almost you almost have to pay a guy like that. Yeah, the market I, for quarterback is just you know a different yeah. market. NFL is such a different league than say the NBA, where there's you know movement all the NFL. There's no movement almost ever. Yeah, because they're signing longer. You know, they, contracts. These guys, these star players at least, are there forever. Yeah, and you, like. you kind of don't want to give the money to Gurley because he's had injury issues and all that, so it makes sense. But I, I don't know about this matchup. It doesn't really excite me. Maybe it's... No, it doesn't get my motor going either unless it's like a is Dak sitting kind of thing. Yeah. That would that would be yeah, very yeah, exciting. That, that would be different if, yeah, if it was Dalton against Goff instead of Dak and there's a whole thing. So... The number seven ranked primetime game. We see the winning formula again of a new, exciting, young team against the Cowboys. You know, one of the easiest draws on television when it comes to sports. One of the top five, you know, most wealthy, powerful sports organizations in the world. Week six, Monday Night Football, Cardinals at Cowboys. Like you guys are saying, it's a perfect spot for the Cardinals. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> week six a little later than I thought because we'll kind of see maybe what they're at by then. Yeah. But now we get into there's these are what they say, the top six primetime games this year. And for me, there are four games on here that are must-watch games. And that starts at number six, Packers at 49ers week nine Thursday night. This is Packers played 49ers twice last year, combined zero points in the first half. This is a huge game. I mean – probably for me and Brandon as Packers fans to see how this goes, but for the the big picture of the NFC, I think this is a huge game um, because it's going to see what the 49ers can do this year if they're able to recreate what they did defensively last year. The game against the Packers is going to be a big test of that. Yeah, and <clears throat> it's a big thing, especially when, you know, a team dominated you for two games last year. This is important. This could be like, like you said, it would fa- change the face of the NFC, and it could be the, a little bit. I know it's surprising. There's only three. You know, they were 13 and three last year, but this could be a revenge tour type thing where, like, you can get over that hump and finally beat this Niners team that's been giving it to you the last few times. So it should be interesting. Uh, we'll see where they are. The Packers are too. I mean, we'll be just past the halfway point, so we'll definitely know where these teams are headed. And then the number five, another. Must watch, in my opinion, 49ers at Cowboys because I expect the Cowboys to be in full control of their division by this point with CD Lamb. And they just they they don't have a lot of weaknesses on offense and defense. Even I'm going to be possible. Yeah, I'm going to be excited for this game, and I see this as 49ers Saints last year, where it kind of developed into this crazy awesome shootout to watch at the end of a really close game. That's that I expect high things from that game. I would agree. You think it's a it's a, another battle for the number one seed, right? It's another landscape you know, changing game. Be, you know, yeah, just the, like the Saints could take you out of a bye. Yeah, yeah, and that's what you know. It's week fifteen, Sunday yeah, night. The, that's going to be depending on their situation. It could be playoff position, and yeah, like you just said, so. that will not be flexed out of no, guaranteed. No, no. So Dude, you got Niners, Cowboys, two big brands. You're not going to. No, number four, Saints at Raiders, week two, Monday night. Anybody? Vegas, yeah. That's why it's anybody? Right. Anybody? Yeah, it's because of Vegas. Um, is why Which the is Raiders weird because this. usually the Raiders are week one Monday night football. 
Well, I mean, the Raiders just scream. When I think of classic Raiders, you think of Monday Night Football. You know what I mean? They were good during the era of when Monday Night was the best football game of the week. And I just think of, you know, like the... That's, that's a Raider game. Mm-hmm. I feel like I watched Packers play Raiders all the time on Monday night growing up. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. Get it out. Brett Brett Favre, dad, yep. That was Brett Favre's dad's game. Yep, yep, it was against the Raiders, go. man. There it is. That's it. <laughs> I was, knew you were just waiting. To you just got to slide, slide that on in here. So it's going to be cool to see um, how they do in Have Vegas. Have you seen what that looks like? No. That stadium is sexy. That, <laughs> that is a like that all their money. It was, uh, I can't even remember the number, but. Holy cow, Vegas. But that one's kind of, that's not one of my must watches from a game perspective. It's cross conference. Yeah, uh, other than the new stadium, I don't see why this was. Not a lot of drama. I think it is a stadium decision. Now, number three is kind of the same for me. It's it's when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object, is why I think it's number three. We have the Chiefs at Bills, week six, Thursday night, which the Bills live on Thursday night. Well, I think that this is a, I think this is a big. If it was a little later in the season, even it might be a little bit more eye-catching. Right, depending mm-hmm. on how the Bills because are doing I, in the I, East. You know, I expect the Bills to run away with the East. Yeah, this wow. is the Bills' year I, I to ex- win. Yeah, I expect them to run away with it. I mean, the opening has presented itself. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, this is a another one of those 49ers Cowboys type games where it might be for a buy. Especially in right. Buffalo, you know, Could might, be, might be. That's why I like it because it is in Buffalo. Yeah. You know, it's it's the the incredible machine that is the Chiefs' offense against the reputation of a very stout defense and the college atmosphere of the Buffalo Bills, which gets rampant up there. Bills Mafia, baby. Yeah, watch the hide those tables. Hide those tables. Also, I will say this, Bills fans, you're welcome. We plucked the Patriots. Yeah, for you. yeah, because it's it's for me. They should thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, top two primetime games according to ESPN. These are two must watches. I'm very excited for both of these. Number two, Saints at Bucks, Week Nine, Sunday night. I just I have the music in my head for all of these right now, and I love it. It's this one. I think there was no doubt in my mind that a Saints-Bucks game was going to be a primetime game because, I mean, Breeze, Brady, it's it says itself. And the fact that we get it in week one and then again in week nine, it's it's exciting for me because I can't remember the last time the Bucks were uh, – I think it was 2008 was maybe the last time the Bucks were on Sunday Night Football. It's got to be – you know, it's very smart, if not to the point of you sh- are dumb if you not do this – to do something like Saints Bucks Week One, and then prime time later in the season, you build the rematch. You have the two teams that are probably going to fight for the division. Right. I looked at something because I wanted to see the other uh, prime time games. The Bucks have three prime time games in a row. They have a Sunday night game against. Oh the yeah, Rams, right. Giants on Monday night, and I think and I, the following Sunday it's the Saints. I might be wrong, but I might have heard that they don't play anybody coming off a bye. As well, because I heard they had three prime times in a row. So that might be hard on Brady. Well, the Packers played through like they. I thought that they played like three prime times in a row. In a month span, not sure. I can't remember either. In a month span, they play a Thursday night game against the Bears, an afternoon late afternoon game against the Packers, 
and then the three primetime games in a row. Huh. That's insane. Well, that late afternoon oh, is yeah. primetime as well, basically. Oh, dude. Yeah. that You mean America's Game of the Week, yeah. Fox? Yeah, We're talking like all, all you had to say was late afternoon, Packers, Bucks, and it's it, the, Troy and Joe are there. I, I already know they have a hotel that's room. That's crazy that they have all those stacked up right after this is this could be a very very strong revenue year for the nfl ratings wise if they do this correctly because from my perspective they they meticulously made the schedule very well for all the storylines that we're looking into and tom brady is going to sell out ray j like he was the huge hit and then gronk coming in like that was a huge boost that that franchise need needed to get people excited and the fact that they got it worked because five primetime games i mean to be in the same room as the chiefs and the packers and the cowboys that's a big deal for tampa bay and brady elevated you all the more important to win those games because guess who get made fun of relentlessly every week and be reminded of it this guy (laughs) (laughs) so the number one game of the year and i think this is going to be consensus we all want to see this number one game of the year Chiefs at Ravens in Baltimore, week three, Monday night. Oh, yeah. That is that is stop what you're doing, tell people you're busy kind of game. <laughs> you know? That's appointment television game. I uh, cannot wait. I would say... Offense versus offense. I would say differently if it were later in the season. I think week three... They didn't have to play last year in the playoffs. This is... this We have we have been denied this game. They played the first, last year. They played four. last year, and it was a blowout. It, it, and then they got some garbage time touchdowns at the end. The Ravens did. So I need... <laughs> yeah, so I need... Same spot. It was like week two need or better. three. Or I expect four, yeah. it to be better now that we're full MVP for Lamar. It's going to be way closer. That was the last loss of the season Raining, for Baltimore. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was week four. No, it was week three because they lost. To can we can we also talk Baltimore. about? Uh, I think it's a good pick. I do agree with you. I just wish it was a little bit later in the year because then it would have more stakes. Same for me with the Saints Bucks. I wish it wasn't week nine. I wish that they were playing. Yeah, that's that should be week 14, like week 15, seventeen, week 14, maybe sixteen. Well, yeah, Brandon, that's a great point because the NFL does try to backload divisional games into week sixteen and seventeen. The Packers, like of their last eight, I think. Five of them are divisional games. It the, it's felt like for the past few years since this has been figured out by the NFL front office that how do we get people to care about final week games? Oh, we make sure they're divisional games and they'll probably matter. Yeah. Right, they'll probably matter. So the Packers have ended their season, I swear, it's been Vikings, Lions, Bears to end the season for the last five years. Not this year, but yeah, it has been. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. It, no, it's it really felt recently, like that. Yeah. So that's really surprising that Saints-Bucks is not a Week 16 or 17 matchup. I, I yeah. am surprised it's not a little bit later. Yeah, they kind of botched that because Week 1 and 2 is Saints-Panthers. Then they play the Panthers. So the Bucks I, probably end the season with Panthers Falcons. They no, they end the season. Yeah, yeah, but it's week nine's the Saints, and then week ten's the Panthers, and then fifteen and seventeen they play the Falcons. Oh wow! Why did they put the Falcons to, Just, so close? Okay, so here's here's the dual awesomeness of that. Just in case the Falcons actually pull it together Gurley this year, like those are gonna year. exactly those are gonna be two awesome games. But in case the Falcons don't put it together and they you know, limp to eight and eight like the past few seasons, that is going to be a stepping stone to help Tampa Bay get into the playoffs. So win win for the NFL. Yeah. I, I think it'll be a really good season, um, just on yeah that of how 
They understood the storylines. They understood how to, to do these things. And they understood... Almost from a WWE creative right. perspective. <laughs> they're like, well, we got to get Brady and Breeze at least once on primetime. We got to get Brady on primetime as much as we can. We've got to get... You know, you know like, I, I love the fact that Brady, Breeze, and Rodgers are all facing each other this year. Oh, f- finally. All, all and, three of them are. And yeah. uh, Brady's got to go up against Mahomes because the, the Chiefs right. are playing the bus. Yep, that's right. Crazy, yeah. And Packers, we missed uh, Rogers Mahomes last year because of Matt well, Moore. Think of it, think, the first three weeks of the season, you got Mahomes, Watson, then it's Jackson and Watson, Ooh. then it's Mahomes and Jackson. The Trubisky Bowl, we get another Trubisky Bowl. The, the I Texans, love it. The Texans' first two games are in are in Kansas City and Baltimore. Oh my gosh, that's their first two games. I gotta say, so I I like the idea of the defending Super Bowl champ having a primetime game, first game of the season. I think that's a great tradition that they've had. But the Texans against the Chiefs—that's the primetime opening season game. Texans have storylines coming in. They're it's a good be a team. Blowout. It's Bill O'Brien's. Well, yeah, it usually has been duck a blowout. Takes Texans against. Andy Reid's Chiefs. I think that if you historically look, I don't think the coronation game. I'm just going to start calling this the coronation game. Um, or the returning, the champion. opening night Super Bowl winning team home field. I'm going to call it the coronation game. That's just capital C, new name. Book it. It it Trade takes mark. less time. So I think you can look over history. The coronation game is actually like pretty lopsided. Like last year, the Steelers got stomped in the first game of the year. That well, was on Sunday night. A couple, uh, oh, okay. A couple years before that. But there was the, the Patriots. Chi- the Chiefs came back and destroyed the Patriots 42-27 to 27 in an opening game. Mm. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, because you kind of want to put – that actually is a perfect opponent for the Chiefs because if they do run the table on them and blow them out, it could be a nice thing. Like, look how strong the defending champion looks. It's all about storylines, Paul. It's yeah. all about storylines. Yeah, they're getting better about that in the NFL offices. Well, thankfully, because of storylines, we have things to talk about week to week. Next week, we will have... We made it to two hours! Ooh, with no real content. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have the end of The Last Dance. We will have maybe another week of Cam Newton Watch. <laughs> we'll have more high school players that skip college basketball. Dude, I just thought of this. Space Jam with Cam Newton. Space Cam. Space Cam. Yeah, right? I don't hate it <laughs> right away. All right. And it, 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 okay, now so. I do hate it. No no Space Cam. <laughs> this loud sports, saying, keep talking. loud sports Podcast here. You can follow us on Instagram at Loud Sports Pod, on Facebook at Loud Sports Pod. Like us, or on Twitter at Loud Sports Pod, on Facebook. Like us, Loud Sports Podcast. We're getting more and more likes there. Thank you, guys. And, you know... On everything else, just keep up with us week to week. I'm putting up a Twitter poll on my Twitter page on AirPaul right now saying, would you rather watch the scrimmages of the Jordan Dome or of uh, the Dream Team, which I just bought that book off Barnes & Noble and it's in the mail and I'll get it this week and start reading the Dream Team. So guys, please vote on that. And for everything else, we will be talking about it, arguing about it next week. I'm Paul Ribidoux with Jake Williams and Brandon Plecker. This is the Loud Sports Podcast.